everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Pioneer Perspective. As always, my name is Brad, otherwise known as Brad Sir, and Alex is live. He no longer has, well, I guess you still kind of, kind of sort of maybe. have COVID. You're not dying anymore. He's alive! You know, cue like lightning in the background. That means I can chop you up and sew you back together. Um, I, f- I feel like you get to be the I Frankenstein's like this, monster, and I get to well, be Frankenstein. Well, this feels like it's definitely that like exploring where like I think some people said like in like the Frankenstein books, it's more that Prof- Doctor Frankenstein is the monster, like with also the way he like treats the monster. Yeah. Like this definitely feels like we're exploring that half of the story, you know, that side. Especially because you're I'm like he's alive, and your reaction is, "Oh, then I get to chop you up." And it's like, well, I wouldn't do that yeah. when it's alive. <laughs> I mean, but for science, it's like when you cut off a chicken's head to see how long it lives. Okay, okay. I, okay. You know, let me First backtrack. First of all, you I'm said not that saying in a way you do that for that. fun. Also, once an experiment, <laughs> yeah, no, that's not what I once we've done an experiment of something completely pointless, maybe we shouldn't repeat that experiment if it's cruel. <laughs> yeah. Please don't go around chopping like, off I, chicken's I feel heads. like once you like start training the chicks, like, hey, if we feed them something, can we extend this time when we chop the head off? Like that seems like needlessly cruel experimentation. It's like the video I saw of like this um, this little kid. Like the, their family lives on like a maybe not a farm, but like they oh, own God, this like guy? chicken's and shit. Welcome back to the Pioneer Perspective. And, We've been uh, away for a few weeks, and we're immediately <laughs> and up the to rooster. our bullshit. The rooster uh, that they owned, uh, I guess, attacked the kid who's like four and like had a nice, decent scratch on the kid's face, but like nothing like serious. It was like surface level scratch, right? Mm -hmm. Like where it's not like super deep. It's not going to scar. It just looks kind of rough because it's a fresh scratch. So the way that the mom retaliated was she fucking killed the rooster and then fed it to her kid after cooking it. I made Damn. a whole like video of it, and I was like, "The ro- isn't the rooster kind of important for your chickens? I assume if you own a rooster, you own and chickens. And how do you wake up and the whole on time? Is the rooster's there to protect it. Exactly. You don't wake up on time. Nature's alarm clock is gone, and your chickens are going to get killed by a fox now. Well, and you're not going to get like, more chickens in the future weird. if that was your goal. Yeah, and more importantly, you're blaming the animal for doing its job, like. I imagine if your kid got scratched up by the rooster, it was probably fucking around near the rooster and deserves it. So, you know. The moral so, of the story is speaking fuck of children. needlessly cruel, Phyrexians. Oh, that's what I was going to say. We can complete you, and then you'll have no, no worry of no, COVID. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, I'm also going to be like... There are other issues that come with that. Uh, like, you know, I, 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 have an, uh, I have an opinion on the whole completion malarkey going on, but hey. Uh, perhaps we get to that when we get talking about the cards, or we'll do it after, or... Yes, and as we discussed prior to recording, we are going to do our best to fucking fly through this as quickly as possible while still covering points that we wanted to discuss regarding cards and to challenge ourselves, Alex, to make sure we do this because there are so many fucking spoilers because we've been off for about, you know, 
uh, going on almost a month. And that's, you know, whatever. I got laid off of work, been looking for a new job and stuff like that. You're dying of COVID. It's understandable why we took some time off. However, in our absence, we have nearly the entire set at this point in the time of recording. So what we're going to do is we're going to fly through the mythics and the rares that we have access to. And we're going to try to give bullet point ideas of where they can go in potential decks and for the format of Pioneer. And give it an overall rating of one to something. Are we doing one to five? One I guess to 10, five. One to a hundred? We doing one to a five million? Five makes sense. Five, okay. Are we doing point whatever, like point fives? Are we doing half scales? I mean, at that point, we could just go up to 10. I mean, at that point, we could just go up to 10. Then let's do 10, <laughs> baby, because I want to do half scales. And I'm still going to do half scales, so we're technically going to oh, 20. No. Fuck you. All right, let's start. <laughs> What's the first card, Alex? The first one is a track. We're, we're going off goldfish here because we're trying to uh, avoid leaks. And it's a bit hard to tell apart what has now been and leaked and what Spanish. has now been spoiled. And whether or not it's actually been available in English. So um, They're all in Spanish. We're going off goldfish, which I think it also filters out the commander cards and stuff. So um, the first one is Atraxa, Grand Unifier. Um, card is 7 mana 3 and then 1 of each color except red for a 7-7 seven, seven Phyrexian Angel legendary uh, Flying Vigilance Death Touch Lifelink when a Traxa Grand Unifier enters the battlefield reveal the top 10 cards of your library for each card type you may put a card of that type from among the revealed cards into your hand put the rest on the bottom of your library now this card is a 1 but the reminder text is what makes this card cool it says, Makes artifacts, it battles, creature, enchantment, instant, land, planeswalker, and sorcery are card types. So we've got ourselves a bit of a Tarmogoyf situation here, where a future card type has been spoiled in the reminder text of a card. Because at this point, we're not going to get battles in this set. Like, we've seen most, we haven't seen a single one. But that probably means we're going to get battles in the next set? But power level wise, this card sucks. Yeah. Like it, it's it's a Niv Mizzet that is probably even harder to build around, and you cannot hit it off Brain Delight. It's a seven drop. Uh, it's a yeah, it's a seven drop. No. You know, doesn't die to power word kill though. You give it, you give it a one. Okay, yeah. let's 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 rate let's rate the card first, and then we'll talk about battle in a second. But we'll give it a one. I'm gonna give it a little bit more than one like a three but i'm giving it that because you know what deck this can go into soul flayer baby okay for that reason i'll give it a two like it's keyword soup <laughs> perhaps <laughs> like, you can mill it over yeah and flying vigilance death touch lifelink is a decent combination of keywords like there's no haste there's no hex proof which tend to be like the things you are looking for uh but i think there is, there's like other haste hexproof cards you might run. So maybe this like changes your keyword soup build of Soul Flayer. So I guess it could actually be run in a Pioneer deck. Sure. You could, I mean, I would just make it like a one-off. And then I guess at some point, like you're, you can hard cast it. You do play a lot of like random ramp with like carry and shit. So and that could sure, be I've, relevant. I've, yeah, I've it's, seen it's them a bad cast card. the 8 mana. I've I've had the 8 mana Dino hard cast against me playing against Soul Flayer. So, you know what? Maybe. Yeah. 
but battle. We've seen some speculation on like what it could be. The most popular speculation that I've seen and the one that I kind of buy into myself is that there was during the development of War of the Spark, there was a card type that was discussed about at length. Maro made an entire post about it um, a few years ago and it was called Skirmish. And Skirmish was basically an, an additional game piece that was created like a, uh, like, like a battle card would make a game piece card just like uh, dungeons for example and then you have like a board on that game piece that's like you have to like complete things in this like mini game against your opponent and then whoever wins the the skirmish or i guess in this case potentially battle gets a benefit um there's a cool article about it i'll throw the link of that article uh, all about skirmish in the description of this but that's probably what it is it makes the most sense or something very similar and maybe fine-tuned uh, to like, you know, refine it in the modern magic that we see now. I will save my inevitable complaints about this mechanic from when we actually get it. <laughs> but I've, I've seen legacy players play around initiative, and all I'm saying is that I don't want any of that. Please. <laughs> Fuck that. It's a good thing dungeons are unplayable and fucking... Yeah, so they thought we'd try it again. Given how popular dungeons were... <laughs> Give it another shot. <laughs> All right. Next mythic is Capricious Hellraiser. It is six mana, three, and then triple red for a four, four Phyrexian dragon that says this spell costs three less to cast if you have nine or more cards in your graveyard. It also has flying and continues to say when Capricious Hellraiser enters the battlefield, exile three cards at random from your graveyard. That's a fun mechanic to do in paper. Odds or evens, or fucking, yeah, yeah, whatever. Choose I mean, a non-creature, non-land card from among them. Yeah. Uh, choose a non-creature, non-land card from among them and copy it. You may cast the copy without paying its mana cost. So, this is kind of cool. I don't know how the fuck you build this reliably to make it good, I mean, I guess it could be a Phoenix-ish it's, kind of card. It's not hard to get nine I think, and then hitting the fucking time walk would be cool. I think if we're trying to like do the rating... Again, the ratings are very loosey-goosey, right? Some of these cards is like the second time I'm reading them. I'd say like as long as Delve spells are legal, cuff, this is a two. Uh, if Delve spells ever get banned, this is like a seven? Like, I feel like... Yeah, I, I mean, think, with yeah, Delve spells... Temporal Trespass probably exists in that world. I don't see that being banned anytime soon, but I don't know, right? You don't want to know what the future holds. But I'm going to assume mm -hmm. that Treasure Cruise and Dig Through Time at one point will be banned, and there is a time where Temporal Trespass will still be legal. Um, and in that period, maybe? I mean, like, it chooses a non-creature, non-land, so you can't be putting this in, like, a it has to be in like a spell slingery deck. But if you think about it, when you're casting this for mm -hmm. three, you're already you've already got a three mana four four. So like you don't have to hit much for it to be good. Like if this just hits a consider, yeah. you don't care. If it hits like like a lightning axe, and it's like, okay, cool, I'll just kill something. Right? On top of my three mana four four. And you know, the mana in is it dex is generally good enough that sure you're probably not casting this on turn three but then again your graveyard won't be this stocked on turn three um so in that world 
I think it's kind of okay. Um, yeah, I'm thinking it's a five. I think it's perfectly right down the middle, average card in the current conditions of Pioneer. Someone's going to try to do something with it, um, see if it's worth the snuff, but it, you know, it's uh, probably not, like you said, as long it, as Delve spells yeah. are here. It is like, just a comment on the design-wise, I understand that magic is inherently random, but I fucking hate cards like this. Like, drawing yeah, your cards and having your lands and having your spells line up with your opponents is inherent RNG to the game. I understand that. I don't want needless increases in RNG like this. Like, casting... Now I understand cards like Unexpected Results um, exist. I think Unexpected Results like the four mana cards that just flips a card on the top of your deck and if you can cast it, you can cast it for free. Um, I get that those cards exist, but generally I don't really like this. I, I like those cards when they're niche and I don't have to be worried about them. I feel like this card could actually be good in the future. And then I'm going to get annoyed by it. I do have one worry regarding it, though. Um, aren't there cards already? Um, I could be mistaken. But are there cards that look at your graveyard and matter about the order of which your Not graveyard anymore. has That's been like legacy. placed? stuff there's no even modern legal cards that do there's like okay. icarid and i think it's called icarid shallow grave like there's a bunch of spells that care about the order of your graveyard but they are nowhere near even modern in terms of legality i believe well in the off chance that it's ever they ever revisit that because they've done it so there is the potential possibility that they could do something like that in the future this makes it even more annoying in paper because I mean, then you have to worry about the order in which I everything would, happens and then the randomness I would fucks never with worry about that because if you see the average dredge player play, like you cannot teach people like that to not touch their graveyard. Like, and I'm pretty sure the design team understands. They will literally fan out their graveyard behind their lands, which I think is the correct thing to do, by the way, because it's way clearer to your opponent too. Like if you see Ross Marion mm -hmm. play dredge, he will, like, piece out his whole graveyard, and then when, like, a Narcomoeba has triggered in that turn, he sort of, like, moves it up. So, like, we know it's there in the end step, and because of the way he fans it out, we also know, like, if it entered, like, before or after an Amalgam or something. Like, there's, you know, there's... I don't think you would ever want to touch that. Uh, I will say one cool thing about this, yeah. uh, and again, that makes it the randomness a bit annoying, because this can storm the hell off. Um, nothing here says that it can't interact with a clone, right? Because it doesn't say it has to be cast. So if you just... There are spells yeah, that... Uh, Quasi-duplicate, for example, from Ravnica, that just says, mm -hmm. target a creature, make a copy. Well, that would just, like, get the chain going. Granted, that spell then... Uh, choose a spell. No, choose a spell. You may cast a copy. The spells don't... Oh, wait, you exile three cards at random from your graveyard. So you will run out of graveyard. And then it just no longer triggers. So, yeah. like, probably, like, fairly safe in that design. But let's move on, because we've already been talking too much about two cards. <laughs> All right. Tell us about Elish Norn. M the destroyer the of the EDH format, apparently. Uh, Elish Norn, Mother of Machines, four and a white, for a legendary creature, Phyrexian Praetor. She's a 4-7 with Vigilance. Uh, if a permanent entering the battlefield causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time, and permanents en entering the battlefield don't cause abilities of permanence your opponent control to trigger. 
So it's Panharmonicon for you and Torpor Orb for your opponent, for the people who know those cards. Um, this is like a this is like a, a like a yeah like a three. Like yeah, it's not very good in constructor. It's too expensive. The, now, I mean, look, we we did underestimate Sh- uh, Shouldered. Yeah, but Shouldered's powerful. Fairness, was, but it's powerful because so she sits different. on the board and she just solo wins the game. Uh, Elish Norn requires other cards. Mm-hmm. Now, I could see Elish Norn being like niche. I'm thinking like mono white monument, right? Let deck, or maybe like Azorius monument. That has like quite a lot of enter the battlefield abilities. Yeah. Think like Skyclave Apparition. It could run Brutal Cathar. It has Cloud Chaser. Uh, those type of cards. I can see that like. Yeah, like an yeah but like deck. that deck ran like if you build that now you probably run the three mana soldier and the three mana vampire that like search copies of themselves like the squadron hulk type of cards i can imagine the deck generates enough value mm-hmm. that you no longer have to do that and then with a monument out additional is four mana she is really big for four mana so in that deck i can see her work i just don't think that deck's ever really going to be good yeah, I mean, we t- I talked about this deck a little bit last week, remember? I was talking about, like, uh, I-, I got the entire anthology for Explorer, um, and I played around with, like, you know, Mono Green, Mono Red, and I ended up playing way more, like, just Blink because of uh, Reflector Mage. So I was playing Azorius Blink, and I was even thinking about, like, you know, do I want Panharmonicon? And even at four mana for Panharmonicon, which is this effect without it being on a body or without it being a downside for your opponent, I didn't want it because the space was too tight and it felt like I'm taking a turn off if I play it already feels like I'm taking a turn off if I play the um what's it called uh Kiora from uh or is it Kiora? Thassa 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 from Thursday Beyond Death if I don't have anything on board already but I want to get Thassa on board to like start doing stuff I already feel like I'm taking a turn off with that so I don't want another card like that right and those can come yeah, down exactly. later and then repeat your ETBs. They're obviously not as powerful as like doubling all of them. You could play like Elish Norn and then storm, quote unquote, storm off the next turn. But I don't know, tapping out for five and then like doing nothing. Now, again, I said the same with um, Shieldred and I said you tap for four mana and then you do nothing. But it turns out that draining two on every turn cycle is absolutely something. But <laughs> this card actually does very yeah. little when it comes down and, and this card doesn't even have like lifelink in addition to vigilance to like you know help out like if you're even it's like aggro or something like that if you're like a mono white deck that's trying to make use of this ability but you're cool they're just chilling for a second and you can handle not getting you know they have to what triple fucking spell it to get rid of it if you're going against a red deck but it doesn't have lifelink to even just be the best blocker you want it to be they can still go wide enough to just kind of overcome that so this this just yeah you know i'm dropping it down to a no. two uh, yeah, sure. I'm convincing I, I myself it's worse. Fair, you know, but again, we're talking very loosey-goosey. Two and three is kind of the same. We assume the card is basically unplayable, but it's not. it stands a chance to show up in a deck list. Yeah. All right. Next we have Ikor Moon Gauntlet, or is it Iker Moon? I think it's Iker Moon. Ikor, Ikor Moon Gauntlet. Iker Moon. Oh, I'm, I'm doing too, too much pronunciation on the O-R. Uh, it's a three-mana artifact, two and a blue. Planeswalkers you control have zero pro- proliferate and minus 12, take an extra turn after this one. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, choose a 
uh, a counter on target permanent and put an additional counter of its kind on that permanent. So it's kind of weird to me that this card is proliferate, but I guess it's it's a target spell, so you can't do the whole board. I guess that'd be too much. But we already have proliferate in this set being spoiled, so I'm kind of, I'm, I don't if, know why it's no, not. No, if this was... Uh, that's a five-mana enchantment in Exorable Tide, and all it says, if you cast a non-creature spell, proliferate. I feel like it'd be a little silly if we got that for three mana. Because you go off quick. Like, if you just... Uh, out. Yeah. Because this also is, by the way, very importantly, this is a counter on a target permanent, which means you can't proliferate your opponent's poison counters. And that would be very strong mm. with this on three, because you can very easily just... Once you get one poison in, you win. Like, it becomes a matter of not Ooh. losing rather than winning, because you'll just win eventually with your proliferates. Alex, a Simic fucking poison counter deck with that one drop that says whenever you target a creature, you give your opponent a poison counter, right? Mm -hmm. With this, you target itself with like, and you kind of storm off like that with like a bunch yeah, of like single targeting spells. Counter and then, on the thing. I mean, there's like creature that enters with counter, so it's, it's probably not too hard to make work. Yeah. Oh yeah, it says target permanent. I I thought it like choose a target counter somewhere. No, okay. you the, I, I you was thinking. Choose, oh yeah, you need to choose be a wild counter. if you could target your opponent. So I don't think it even that doesn't even work with that druid because if I if I lead it no, very it literally, you are targeting the. Oh no, wait, it's a counter on target permanent, so you do still target it. But I don't think. Maybe, yeah. maybe there's something there, but I have my doubts. It doesn't work with that idea. I, I was, I was, for some reason, my my mind, I was thinking like, oh, target your opponent and their poison counters. That'd be I know fucking insane. One actually, specific deck where I think this card is playable as like a one or a two off. Other than that, I think this card is utter trash, and it's there for casual EDH. Uh, I mentioned it on Twitter already. We we never actually aired this, but when Strixhaven came out, we did some gameplay recordings, but like it didn't work out in editing. I played a Rowan and Kenrith mm -hmm. Is It deck, which basically yeah. I will quickly, because I'm sure people do not know what this card does. It is Rowan's Color of Sparks. All you need to know, it's a three mana planeswalker. It has a passive, uh, passive static that says your incident of sorceries cost one less. It starts on two whole loyalty, but it has a minus four that says whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, you may pay two. You get you get basically a emblem that allows you to fork every instant of sorcery for the rest of the game. Now, the goal of this deck yeah. was play Rowan, and then an important card was, I think it's called a Contingent Plan from War of the Spark, which was just one in a blue, draw a card, proliferate. And the idea was emblem, uh, emblem Rowan really quickly, and then just bury your opponent in card advantage. Now, in the set, we got another card that says one in a blue, proliferate, but I think this time it's uh, look at the top three, put one in your hand. So it's actually better than that card. Now, if you play Ikramore Gauntlet on three in that deck, and you just go next turn, Rowan, proliferate spell, emblem. You can immediately emblem your, um, your Rowan due to this second line. That deck also ran Narset with the idea, if I'm randomly proliferating some shit anyway, that will give me counters on Narset, so I get to activate her more often. This even gives that ability to Narset. So, like, in that deck, which I think is a pretty mediocre deck, this could find a home 
as a one or two off, which is why I'm so annoyed it's a 25 buck mythic for Commander <laughs> to like put in a casual deck yeah. that I own. Um, Proxy, yeah, maybe. but in that deck, it's like a six outside of that. It's a one trash, don't play this. People are like, put not put counters on my Narset. Like in this deck, I mentioned it works nichely, it's like. You're already doing these things, and Narset just, like, fits in. Like, you already want to be doing that. But when the Kasmina came out, also from Strixhaven, people said, works great with Narset because you give her a plus. This does that too. Kasmina is trash. This card is trash. Don't do that bullshit with your Narset. Card's good enough already. That's my verdict, I guess. Yeah, I, I agree. It's it's uh, It could be surprising and constructed and pop up in something, but I'm... It is three mana. It does feel like you do nothing when you cast it, and you got to go off on turn four. But hey, we've seen turn four wins in Pioneer already. Maybe this adds to it, but we will see. Speaking of presumably bad cards, we have Jace. Jace, the perfected mind. Tell me about it. Legendary Planeswalker Jace. By the way, people are wondering why doesn't he look as fucked up as all the other completed Planeswalkers. I think he got stabbed by, like, Luxior or something, so his completion went really slowly, and there might even be story beats that it wouldn't be complete. So that's why he still looks kind of okay here, because he hasn't been fully completed yet, even though he has to complete a text. Anywho, two blue Phyrexian blue for Legendary Planeswalker Jace with completed, so if you pay the Phyrexian mana, he only enters with three royalty instead of the five that he has otherwise. Plus one. Until your next turn... Up to one target creature gets minus three, minus zero. Minus two, target player mills three cards. Then, if a graveyard has 20 or more cards in it, you draw three cards. Otherwise, you draw a card. And then he has minus X, target player mills three times X cards. What do you think? Uh, If we got the other crab... It'd be kind of cool to have a mill archetype in Pioneer, um, and this could go in it. This could be a good mill card in Pioneer. Um, it does protect itself in a way with its plus. Um, it's minus two, can be card draw, and then it has, in a way, an ultimate, in quotations, an ultimate, that could win the game in a dedicated deck. It's just the pieces around it in Pioneer being mill are not very strong for a few reasons. A, we don't have all the good mill cards we would like to have access to, like the other crab, like the traps and that kind of thing. In addition to that, we have delve spells in the, in the format. And if you're targeting your opponent, which you probably want to do, unless you have the other Jace to just mill yourself and win in that fashion, which I guess maybe in that case, this could be a bit better than I'm thinking because then you can use your own Delve spells for yourself and that kind of thing and get to your win faster. But if you're targeting your opponent, they have Delve spells. They're going to use them. So it's a little weird. And also the best mill deck in the format is Rogues. In When was the last time you saw Rogues being played in a competitive fashion? <laughs> so Infrequent. I, I, give it, I give it a five right now, because you could play mill in Pioneer and win. You can play Rogues and win. You can play a janky mill deck with like Fraying Sanity and shit like that and win. You absolutely can. And you want this card. Even just to play this for um, four mana and just say minus X, you mill 15. That's like, it's like, it's like 
it's not good, but if you're playing a mill deck, it's okay, right? I think in Innistrad there was a card that's four mana, mill thirteen, and that was like niche playable in the standard version of the mill deck. So mm -hmm. again, that's it's niche playable in a standard version of a mill deck. So you were far from good, but in that case, it's playable. Um, yeah, I think I think a five is fair. The thing is, the plus one is actually pretty good at protecting itself. Like minus three power, if you play this on three, yeah, it's agree. good to protect itself. You're just not really going into much, right? That minus, I can imagine you target yourself with the minus two. You maybe set up some delve spell. I can even imagine you just like play this on like three or four protect it which you again can do pretty reasonably i can even on turn four you like play this still as three you minus three power something you fatal push something else and you're like pretty reliant and untapping with this and then you just like minus x mill yourself for like 15 and just start casting delve spells so there's like stuff mm -hmm. to be doing with this maybe even in like a turns kind of deck where you just run four temporal trespass and the idea is just Jace mills me for a shit ton, and then I just cast Temple Trespass really easily. But that seems niche, and just like a thing you can do if you want to do it, but probably never the best thing to be doing. So I think a five makes that reasonable. Yeah, like and this is a card I would love to play. Like I think it'd be fun. It's cool. Uh, it's just I don't know how good it would be though. Five for now. If we get more mill cards in the future, like if they reprint the other crab or we get other just mill cards that are good on rate cards, not this bullshit, ridiculous, like six mana mill stuff that we've gotten in the last few sets that are just really bad, but you know, good on rate stuff, then maybe the a mill deck, a mill control deck could actually pop up in Pioneer True. and do fairly decent and this will be a card in that yeah i think it takes more than the delve spells to be banned as you said like we'd need like what's the two mana mill 10 um how did i forget uh Glimpse the unthinkable i don't remember i think uh, uh i don't think it's that yeah there's also the one that draws you cards and yeah shit and there's like i don't think we'll ever get archive trap but maybe if we get something similar this could work and it's cool i think it's a pretty cool card I like the throwback to Jace the Mind Sculptor on how they did the art, too. That's how they did all of them. All of the completed Planeswalkers have throwback art to one of their original uh, art Yeah, but I hate most of them. Cards. <laughs> I'm glad I actually like okay, this one. Okay, well, <laughs> um, well... Appreciate the, you know, the idea behind yeah. it, I guess. I mean, even though I, I rag on that I don't like these completed Planeswalkers very much, the art is incredibly well done so it's not to rag on the artist yeah. not doing a good job like we'll get to the nissa it looks metal as hell i just don't like the idea of a yeah, chase stone did a great job yeah, oh it's it's the same person every time yeah, it's the same guy through all of them also by the way shout out to chase stone you are an amazing artist and one of your best pieces has still never seen the light of day in paper and that's the godzilla card that we never got the actual Ikoria version, which is out there. It's on Magic Online and MTGA for Arena, but we don't have a paper version of it. It's only the Godzilla one. The actual Ikoria version of that card, he did, and it looks great. 
but we never okay, got it. all this art so, wizards what the it's fuck fan- it's fantastic uh, I know this could almost be like the artist's perspective because we always go on about how great the artists are, but they are. Um, again, I don't think I wanted to see a metal as fuck Nissa. That's kind of my point. But if I wanted oh. to oh, see a it's metal great. as fuck Nissa, I would want this and nothing but this. So in that way, it is a job well done. This the Nissa art when we get to it is is like top ten all time MTG art for me. It's it's phenomenal. But before we go to Nissa, let's go to Luca, Bound to Ruin. Brat, what does the card do? He is a Gruel Planeswalker, a for five, uh, two, a red, a Phyrexian hybrid, and a green. He's completed, so he has the completed text of you can pay fucking life instead. Comes in with the two less counters, whatever. And then he has a plus, comes in with five loyalty if you pay the whole cost, otherwise three. Plus one, add a red and a green. Spend this mana only to cast creature spells or activate abilities of creatures. Minus one, make a 3-3 green Phyrexian Beast creature token with toxic one. And a minus four, Luka deals X damage divided as you choose among any number of target creatures and or planeswalkers where X is the greatest power among creatures you controlled as you activated this ability. So, yeah... I don't really like the card. It's expensive for what it does, I think. And also, Luca fucking sucks as a character. Yeah, fuck so Luca. it's super forgettable all um, around. There's a few things. This is a one. No, there's a, there's a few things I think are noteworthy about this. First of all, you can still ca- use this with Gigantha. Because red, green, and yes. hybrid Phyrexian red, green are actually three different mana symbols. Um, so you can use them with Giganta. Um This card, very fitting for Luca, just screams Gruul monsters. Like the classic Gruul monsters kind of deck. It's just like, I don't think that deck will ever be good, but if it is, this card's really cool for it. Otherwise, I look at this card and I just think, why wouldn't I play Vivian Monsters Advocate? And the literal only reason is... Because then I can't play Gigantha. And that's basically the only argument. Because Vivian Monster's Advocate is just way better. I think. Uh, casting spells of yeah, the top of the deck. Yeah, but there are so many Gruul Monsters cards that are double spell or double mana cost. Yeah, so like, so so like Gigantha anyway. wouldn't be an argument for that deck. But I'm saying like for another deck, you know, like this, this gives yeah, kind I of suppose. the vibes of like what people still think are cards that are good against control, because it's like, but it just makes bodies every turn, right? If you downtick it. Yeah, but then I'm like, mana. yeah, cool. four mana, and then I make, like, three beasts, and I don't, whatever. You, you, that, that's no longer good enough, right? Your opponent plays a Wandering Emperor and just fucks you up, right? Um, so I don't think that even works, where I feel like Vivian is way better, because it actually draws you multiple cards while giving these threats. Uh, and even if I want a Planeswalker that downticks all the time, I might want to look for Vivian on the hunt. From uh, is it on the hunt from um, Streets of New Capenna, which just downticks for a four-four. Oh, now that, that one, is six yeah. mana. This can potentially be played one. for four mana. I understand that. So I think this card this this can ramp into that one, True. Alex. No, actually it can because you can only use the mana on creatures. Um, Fuck. <laughs> so you can't even do that. But. It's still a one, then. Uh, this card is like, is like a three. 
I think. Like, I can see I think a so grindy bad. deck that wants to keep Gigantha because it already has it that ends up playing. Like, Gruel Boats. There is maybe a world where Gruel Boats plays this card, but I think it is not a... It's, it's probably not the world we're living in, but it's the world we could be living in. And for that, I'll give it a three. Yeah. But... I think it's really bad. Moving on to mechanics. I'm going to be sad if I get this out of limited Me- game. Another mechanic. Well, we've already talked about a lot of Phyrexian mana, but this is without downsides other than the life, but hey, life's a resource. Straight up Phyrexian mana. Mondrak Glory Dominus. So this is a cycle of Phyrexian horrors. I believe they're all horrors. Uh, mythics that are called X Dominus, and we get one for basically each braider. So this is two white-white. For a legendary creature, Phyrexian Horror, and it is a 4-4. If one or more tokens would be created under your control, twice that many of these tokens are created instead. So that's Anointed Procession. Anointed Procession, which is also 4 yeah, mana, also right? 4 mana. Then this has an ability. Jeez, this guy's is $53 in pre-order, by the way. Um, one, I see that. Phyrexian White, Phyrexian White. Sacrifice two other artifacts and or creatures... Put an indestructible counter on Mondrak Glory Dominus. So all the Dominus cards have Phyrexian mana, and I think the black one doesn't even require any generic mana. Uh, most of them do, and then do a thing related to what they do. So in this case, it makes tokens, you need to sack tokens, and you put an indestructible counter on them. They all have that. And I think for that reason alone, I think every Dominus card is at least like a 6. Because they're just pretty powerful. Yeah. And like like these cards... Like this card wouldn't be playable if it didn't have the indestructible counter ability on it. But that ability is so strong that I feel like it's playable. Yeah. Also artifacts really and or creatures. I'm a- like you could sack blood tokens. You could sack treasures. So, like, I'm saying, like, it's at least a six. All See, of them, this might be, like, a seven or an eight. I would give this one a seven and a half, 7.5. Because I'm thinking of this curve, right, um, from four to five. What you do from one to three before you play this card doesn't matter. Maybe you can play something like uh, like Thraven Inspector, like just, like just generic good white cards, right? But I'm thinking turn four this, turn five past turn and then you wandering emperor and then have the one mana up still to give this indestructible to react to stuff and then you can make multiple it's fucking not sorcery uh, speed. samurai that with wandering emperor really dope too yeah yeah and then just fucking can like just do other token stuff and like honestly if like the main thing that this reacts to or interacts with i should say is like wandering emperor in your deck that's still that's really good bill. wandering emperor is already so good at making bodies yeah, Castle Ardenvale. Ooh, that's a good one too. Um, maybe the even that vampire making land uh, thing. Adonto. Because uh, you want to go wide like anyway, invasion right? thing. Yeah, there's. Yeah. Raise the uh, alarm. You know, so there's there's decent token generators. I I wouldn't. I wouldn't go super hard. No, into, but I want like, a couple. It, it sounds weird, right? No, I agree. You don't need to go. Yeah, all you in want on a tokens, few, but I want more than just a four four indestructible. Agreed. Then I'll, otherwise, I'll just play Oketra. And I think Wandering Emperor could work. But yeah, Wandering Emperor. Are there any other Planeswalkers that make uh, um, tokens? Gideon, Ally of Zendikar makes core tokens. 
if you can manage to go into Celestia, Nissa Alloy of Zendikar makes plant tokens. I think Basri makes tokens, but I'm not entirely sure of that. Uh, there's multiple Ajani's that make tokens, I think. So, mm-hmm. like, there's definitely, like, a sort of, I mean, I hate to use the word, a mid-rangey package, like, there's, like, a billion of those, where Mondrak is good. And at the end of the day, if you can fairly reliably find yourself with a 4-4 Indestructible, that'll take you places. Yeah. Like the like the only really Especially if you thing can start you moving these counters around exiling stuff. I don't think there's many cards in this set that do this, but if you could yeah. start moving counters around somehow, you could maybe even find even at that point, a wandering emperor token with a counter on it that you've made indestructible. Like sick. Can we also just point out how amazing this art is? I don't know what these Dominus things are. Like, I don't even know what this is. Is this just a living building? Like, it's just... I feel yeah, like they've taken the like, horror concept. It's like a concept, monument. Like, would... So, like, it's horror, so do whatever the fuck you want because we haven't defined what these things look like. Well, the cool thing is you have this army of, like, Phyrexian soldiers in front of it on these two bridges, it looks like, like, on its way to it. And the action shot is all the mouths on its like star shape with like the Elishorn looking thing on top. Um, it's like, they're all screaming and then shattering these pillars with the strength of it's like scream. Oh, shit. Yeah. I opened it uh, larger. Now. You see that? That's cool. Like the art's fucking sick. Like, could you like, this is like, Oh my God. If we actually ever, genuinely get that stupid magic show that they've been talking about for the last four years <laughs> for Netflix or whatever. I want this stuff in it. Like this is such a cool like scene. Like I love it. This is great. Okay, so next we have Nahiri the Unforgiving. Say Planeswalker. It's completed. It costs four mana or three if you do the completion bullshit. One, a red, hybrid, and white. And you get plus one until your next turn up to one target creature attacks a player each combat if able. Uh, So it's worth noting it can be an opponent's uh, creature as well. So if you have like a big thing in front. Yeah, um, and it says attacks a player. Forcing to come in. So it doesn't attack Nahiri. Like, you force it not to attack, yeah, attack your friends, awful... which is pretty cool. Yep. So, kind of like a built-in protection. Uh, plus one, discard a card, then draw a card. That's cool. That's, you know, that's solid. Uh, and then zero, exile a target creature or equipment card with your with mana value less than uh, Nahiri's loyalty from your graveyard. Create a token that's a copy of it. That token gains haste. Exile at the beginning of the next end step. All right. I feel like this card just Alex? says equipment because Nahiri does equipment stuff, but... No. Why? Okay, I know you're never no. doing it for the equipment because you're doing Grease Fang or whatever with this. Um, yeah, Mardu Grease Fang. This is a seven. I mean, this... Yeah, I guess it's like a six or a seven for a Mardu Grease Fang where, like, I still don't think this beats out going ups on. Like, at all. So no, probably not. But, like... but Mardu gives you that avenue of a bit better mid-range plan 
than uh, does it? Abzan has. Like you've got a Seeker's chariot and so. shit in green. You're better at dealing with disruption because you have Paseju. I think four color Grease Fang isn't worth it. I think it's way too clunky on your mana. Yeah. So, like, I do like about this card is that you can just do this fucking zero over and over. Like, I know you exile the card, so you can't do the same card. But it's not minus X to fish something out of your graveyard. So as long as you keep your Nahiri healthy, you know, you can be churning through random shit you're milling over, like, every turn. Or even stuff that's just dying every turn. Worth noting, it has to be four oil to your greater if you want to target Grease Fang, because it specifically says less that not less than or equal to it is less than her oh never mind this card's like a four (laughs) because you you can't play this for three mana you need to play it for four mana and at that point like we we can do so much better you need one extra mana i mean that's it i mean if you want to get grease fang immediately yeah but like we've got can't stay away too and if you need to play this for four yeah well, we have a card that we could play for two, or we could flashback for five. So we basically draw it by milling it over. So I, I don't even know if Mardu Greasefang wants to run this. If we have to do it for four mana. But like, yeah. Th- now that you've pointed that out, I think this card's actually worse. Might even be like a three. I still think it's pretty I don't good even know Mardu. if it's ever going to see play, except for experimental play in Greasefang. And then people are going to figure out, like, holy shit, this card's super mid. Well, you may be low in this card, Alex. You may say it's mid. And I may agree with you in a few weeks after I try it out, <laughs> Marta Grease Fang, and get upset at how bad it is. But we have to be in agreement on one thing. This Nissa is fucking insane. I think it's pretty good i think it's deceptively well i'm not deceptively like i I guess i'll read it out nissa ascended animist uh three green green phyrexian green phyrexian green so this one actually has two potential mana for you to complete uh it can be uh then you have a seven starting loyalty or five or three plus one create a xx green phyrexian horror where x is nissa's uh, loyalty. So keep in mind, you already plus it as part of the cost. So even if you play this for five, you get a four four. Eat your heart out, Luca. Um, minus one, destroy target artifact or enchantment. And minus seven, until end of turn, creatures you control get plus one plus one for each forest you control and gain trample. Now you go first because apparently you're very high on this card. I think it's so good. Uh, this just brings me back to classic big dumb green things and kill your opponent. But this also brings back the idea of the kind of green deck that I like playing the most comparing to like all of them. Not like if you look at mono green and the way that it is now, it's very much like, you know, the fucking troll. Uh, you got the cavalier and stuff like that. You have your combo with Karn. That's fine. That's all good and dandy. I love the classic version that we saw earlier in Pioneer's, you know, life cycle where you had, you know, a bunch of mana dorks, burning tree emissary, a good amount of three drops and healthy and, and some four drops with like your planeswalker and stuff like that. Then going into something big, like even Nissa, the uh, Nissa who shakes the world, which this art is obviously inspired by and just kind of going a bit wider 
and making use of like uh what's what's her name uh oh god what's the it's the four mana vivian right um the one that pumps up with counters stuff like that yeah make yeah making use of like your dorks and your um burning tramissaries your small things and this can continue doing that and it gives you a play that you can comfortably go with on turn five even though it just you know it comes in with three and that's fine and you can still start going that way but if you get into the late game with all your mana dork stuff anyway you have a minus seven that's essentially a crater a crater hoof so this is a finisher in that kind of deck a genuine bona fide finisher that has applicability to the early game because you're in a ramp deck anyway with mana dork stuff like that and the flexibility of its minus one destroying target artifact or enchantment is nothing to scoff at there are plenty of those going around especially as pioneer gets older and older that you want to get rid of like fire's invention even something as simple as getting rid of the oven and cat oven or because um, as we all know mining Leyline binding, Get exactly. Get one of your big so back. This card has, yep, has great flexibility, as, and along with it being a really powerful finisher to close out games. This is just really good. This is an eight. It, this is an eight. It's not a ten. This is an eight. I agree. Very good. That this card is extremely flexible, and that's very good. Like obviously, you kind of want to cast this for seven. Because the rate gets kind of shitty as you go down. But the thing is, yes. you can go down. So, you know, a 7-mana card does nothing if it's stuck in your hand, right? It's it's why, card, why, why uh, keywords like cycling can be so powerful or channel. Because it allows cards to do something in situations where they wouldn't do anything. Yet if you draw this later in the game, it's an enormous finisher. So I think it's good in that regard. Uh, I like the back and forth with Vivian because the pl- the tokens she makes do not have evasion and Vivian can give them trample. You know, and they're already kind of naturally going in the same deck. Vivian gives a lot of um, mm. devotion. So you can go from playing Vivian on the next turn to potentially playing a full Monty, all the mana paid Nissa the turn after, which is also pretty sick. Um... I like the idea that later on in the game you have a bunch of mana dorks around. You play her, you just immediately minus seven her. Just your whole boards get like plus four, plus four, and, and trample, and you just go right because you're not gonna have all forests. You're gonna have lairs. You're gonna have Nykthos. You're gonna have whatever, but you're gonna have a couple forests. So that's pretty cool. This is probably mm-hmm. this is really funny with Ashaya because all your dorks counts as forests. <laughs> so that gets pretty funny yeah. really quick. The thing is though. It's also just really good with uh, War of the Spark Nissa, yeah. to be honest. The, uh, the face of Mono Green is Mono Green Devotion. It's this Karn combo nonsense. I think this card is going to basically see no play as long as we have Karn. Because it's just not what Mono Green wants to do. And if you're playing like that sort of like three-drop tribal collected company green, it's not good enough. And that like traditional Mono Green Devotion doesn't really exist. I think if Karn gets banned, this card is the future of Monogreen Devotion. Like, if Monogreen Devotion has to default to a fairer, less combo-y game plan, it involves this card. Now, I think it's too expensive to be a, to be a four-off, 
right? We still have plenty of other good oh, cards. I agree. This is this is like a yeah, two. Yeah, like we still have plenty of other good cards. I think Nissau shakes the world. Who at five is way better than this card? Um, they've got Vivian. Agreed. They've got. They will still be doing their Kiora bullshit, but like one or two Nissa Ascendant Animists will absolutely find their way to the top of the curve of these decks. Uh, they it's miles better to ramp into than your average creature for this mana value and the flexibility means it's actually castable at low mana very good card I'd say it's a 5 now just because I don't think it sees play if Karn gets banned this is an 8 maybe even a 9 because it's gonna find a spot in I am a very a little, powerful deck I'm a little worried that it might just find its way into mono green devotion as is now you can't even hit it and they make some festival. very minor changes like yeah like true and even that though actually saying that storm the festival makes me worried about even the future of this card after a ban because you off karn potentially because you can't hit it off storm but i could see a world where you run one or two cards you don't hit off storm there are cards with collected company in it that have a couple of cards that aren't collected comp uh, company hits so you can be doing the same thing here right you play storm the deck is basically 56 permanents and storm the festival right now you can make that 55 permanence and storm the festival. I don't think that's a big problem. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. Speaking of a card, you can hey, hit Alex, off, uh, We have a wonderful storm. reprint. Mm hmm. It is. It's Fraction Obliterated. Yeah, I read out Nissa, I think. You go at it. Did I? Did you? Okay, whatever. It's. You know what this fucking card does. It's four mana. It's four black. It's a 5-5 five, five trample Phyrexian Horror. Whenever a source deals damage to Phyrexian Obliterator, that source's, uh, source's controller sacrifices that many permanents. It is a classic card that is really good. It's hard to give it a good rating because I don't know what its impact in Pioneer will be. I really don't. It, this is probably, I think, out of all of the cards, oddly enough for me, the hardest to pinpoint. Because on one hand, we know how powerful this card can be just as a straight-up just good card on curve. And its value is really good, especially against things like Mono Red. This just hoses decks like that. But on the other hand, there are so many cards in Pioneer that can swiftly and easily deal with this card and just get rid of it efficiently and of course yeah the old dies to removal thing it's a fucking tired cliche at this point in the magic community but there's always some truth to it i don't know how this card fits in pioneer i don't know what decks it goes in i don't think it goes in rakdos i don't think it, it doesn't even go in mono even black mono devotion. black aggro i don't even think it's playable yeah like i don't know where you a friend it. of mine plays mono black devotion the deck is very tight in its spots there's a lot of decisions that have to be made in building that deck uh there's a lot of good cards that don't find their way into that deck i, I think that the hard build to swallow is that this card is like a three um i think you yeah like and i don't know if i'll go that low but I, this I would have been a six close. and then shieldred got printed and now it's a three because i would play my fourth shieldred yeah, before i play my first phyrexian obliterator and you don't want that many fours in an aggro deck. And if you're playing a mid-range deck, you're playing like a devotion deck, you want to run four Gary. So you're already also running four fives. And at one point, you have to make sure that you don't actually die. 
So with four Shieldred, and, and, which you don't even run at the moment. So, like, this card is awesome. It's very iconic. Um, I think you can build some fancy stuff with this. Like, you can this with fight spells is really funny. Make sure you pick the right ones, because it actually has to say fight. But fight spells is cool with this. You know, you go against an opponent, you fight their, whatever, their medium-sized... You fight their Shieldred, and they just lose the game, because they lose all their lands. It's cool there. Niche. Mm -hmm. make it against, Seth is going to make an Against the Odds video, and it's going to look entertaining. But that's about as far as this card's going to make it, I think. Yeah, being a four-cost win, not even just Shieldred, but four mana is like the premier best possible card in your deck is coming out right now in Pioneer. And you have to compete with all of that in all these different decks. I don't see where this card can go. I will welcome with open arms to be happily surprised and see this card find a home somewhere and do well. But my gut feeling is that it won't. It's just it's a 2017, this is great then, yeah. but not now. Exactly. Um, the next card is kind of a throwback, I guess, the throw better version to this. I don't know if I'd say that, but maybe. Is Phyrexian Vindicator. Uh, four white, so white, 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 white. Yes, that's four. For a Phyrexian Horror with flying, and it is a 5-5. Five, five. If damage would be dealt to Phyrexian Vindicator, prevent that damage. When damage is prevented this way, Phyrexian Vindicator deals that much damage to any other target. Now, this is like the meme of, you know, like the, the, the like muscular, like white and black hand. And they're like, you know, sort of like doing a handshake. And this is like Phyrexian Vindicator, Phyrexian Obliterator. And in the middle, it says, fuck red removal. Like, it's just, if you plan to play red removal against any of these cards, you will immediately lose the game. Um, it has flying, which I guess in a way is better than trample. It's in white, so it simply doesn't have the direct comparison to Shouldred, which are, like, things for it. But other than that, where the hell do you play this card? You, it, this is a build-around card. You, this does not slot into anything, I don't think, at yeah, the we moment. We need some nonsense combo. I think you have this. to, like, have a deck. Yeah. Also, by the way, do you not know what that meme is from? I have no the idea. The handshake meme? It's from Predator. Today I learned. Like, the original Predator movie. I wasn't aware. It's a scene from that with uh, Schwarzenegger and, um, I forgot the name of the actor. But they fucking do the handshake, and it's a super campy zoom in, just like you see on the meme of showing the handshake. It's so funny. <laughs> it's like I think the 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 scene in Predator is millions of miles funnier than the meme itself. <laughs> but yeah, that's what that's from. Just wanted to let you know. But this card, Frexid Vindicator. But yeah, I don't know. What I don't it is like a three two. Look, if you're gonna give Obliterator. A three. This is a four. I think this is slightly better because it has a higher potential of going somewhere. No, I think it's. Uh, um, I guess just because of sure. Because I think Phyrexian Obliterator is better, like card by card comparison. Um, contextually though, 
Yeah, but also contextually, because mono black devotion is probably way better than mono white devotion. But then you get contextually that you'd rather. Hey, have we are, no, no, fuck you, fuck you. Mono white has access to the book combo. Infinitely. Yeah, better. so I absolutely wouldn't <laughs> want to play this card in that deck. Um, yeah, that's true. So I'm just gonna say they're both threes. Whatever. It's fl it's flimsy sure. rating anyway. It's not scientific. It's the pioneer perspective. Don't expect too much scientific uh, analysis here. I called Shieldren unplayable, so you know what? Who the fuck am I? <laughs> yeah, I think you'll have higher success with these two True. cards that you will with Shieldren in predictions. If one of these cards no, takes a card over multiple formats, bit. I quit magic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I am clearly not there cut out for this we fucking about game. Prior. Yeah, you'd be fired. <laughs> but we talked about Staffa completion prior to the show, and you absolutely tore into it a little bit. So this is the real one that you have to stand by your word and maybe quit magic if it becomes an all-star. Because I have to remind you, Karn is a card, and this, in, no matter how bad you think an artifact is, it might. Oh, It just might. It, go it goes in the Karn board. It's like... It's like the new cool for commander, like. But then it actually applies to one v one formats. So staff of complete. I'm just gonna read it out. Fuck you. Uh, staff of completion. I don't give a shit. Three mana artifact. It's your hill to die on. It's a, this is a throwback to staff of domination, by the way. It says tap, pay one life, destroy target permanent you own. I guess it doesn't say control. So that's funny. Um, tap, pay two life, add one mana of any color. Tap, pay three life, proliferate. Tap, pay four life, draw a card. And then five mana. Untap Staff of Completion. So for a grand total of 25 mana and 20 of your life points, you could draw five cards. Whoop-dee-doo. This card is trash. Unless I'm missing some stupid combo... Where, like, blowing up your own permanent allows you to gain seven life and untap five cards. I I don't see this card being, like, even remotely playable. I have a pretty cool combo with it. Are you ready for sure. this? Give it to me. Knight of Evan Legion. Pay three life, proliferate, then get another counter. Oh, fuck <laughs> off. <the> <laughs> So no, you know, don't dude. have this, a good this idea. This is probably either. bad. This is like a minus one. I don't. I don't. I don't think it's that bad. It, you know what? It costs three. I'm going to give it a three. <laughs> <laughs> That's as scientific as we're going to get here. Well, it also <laughs> says pay one life somewhere, so I'm going to fit and give it a one. <laughs> there you go. Should we go up to a five? It's annoying. Hold on. No, actually. One plus two is three. Shut, if I have shut, listen, mana. listen. One plus two is three. Three plus three is six. Plus four is ten. Minus five is five. Minus three is two. It's a two. <laughs> there we go. We took all the sure, numbers. I had another idea, but this was it perfect. <laughs> it is a two. <laughs> <laughs> you, you pay all you you add the cost of all of the things you pay on the card. Minus the actual mana cost of the card <laughs> equals the rating yeah. it gets. I don't even give a shit. I'm done with this card. So Sword of Fortune Frontier is a minus it, one. If it, 
Excuse you, Swords of fucking Doritos and Mountain Dew is better than a fucking minus one. <laughs> no, I'm saying by your you logic. Absolute fuck. All the costs you pay on the card minus the mana cost of the card. Equip two minus three. Apparently, this card is bad. So all the Phyrexian yeah, cards are all, minus even all more because you have to pay they're life in addition to that. So that comes in. So Phyrexian mana counts for <laughs> minus seven. Actually, you know what, Morrow? If you're listening to this. Phyrexian mana on the storm scale is now a negative something. Yeah, it's got to it, come back We can back just put it in every it's set. Evergreen it's evergreen now. Fun. It's evergreen now. We figured it out. It's the worst mechanic to ever exist. I mean, that is true, but <laughs> not in the way you think. <laughs> no, isn't storm worse? I don't know. Or is companion worse? Ooh, I mean, okay, we should probably name it the companion scale um, at this point. Oh, I agree. But anyway, Sword of Fortune. But he Frontier. gave companions sword, a nine, sorry, by the sword way. Sword of Mountain Dew. He gave Dew companions and a nine. What does yes. it do, Brad? Uh, it's an equipment. It's an artifact. It's three mana. Uh, equipped creature gets plus two, plus two, and has protection from red and from green. It's like three of the last four cards we talked about. It just says, fuck you to red. <laughs> it's really funny. But Staff of Completion says the Whenever moment you play a mountain, creature, I lose. So it balances out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, exile the top two cards of your library, and you may play those cards this turn. You may play an additional land as well every turn. Cool. Uh, it's equipped to, um, I don't know. This is a weird one because it does a lot of things. It feels like a good card, but then I get to the equip cost and then the mana cost itself. The mana cost is what's really making my head scratch a little bit. Uh, three mana feels like a lot. Um, yes, you can do this in equipment shenanigans with like Resolute Strike to equip it to warriors without paying the equip cost or like uh, the uh, the enchantment that you can flash it in and shit like that. So, you know, maybe it could be better. And the protection's really cool. The ability is really cool to get do combat damage because then protection... If you're going against a red or a green deck and you just slap this thing on a creature, they can't get blocked. And then you start just kind of, you know, getting great card advantage plus good damage. Uh, it's a five. This is probably a 10 and limited, though. Oh, hell yeah. Um, like, obviously, the mana cost and equip cost could not be touched because this is nine, the ninth out of 10 of the sword cycle. The sort of X and Y. Um, mm -hmm. Still reminds me of, like, I was drafting Theros Beyond Death, and I drafted the Bronze Sword, and I was like, guys, I drafted the Sword of Copper and Tin, and only half of the people got the joke, and I was very disappointed. Um, anyway, the um, they can't really <laughs> do much about any of that, so it has to give pro red, it has to give pro green, whatever. It's pretty decent. But the thing is, outside of Pioneer or even Standard, the other sorts are a lot of them are better, I think. Uh, I think like sort of Fire and Ice, that sort of thing, Light and Shadow, maybe even. Um, yeah. The ability is. This really goes, has to go in like a Stone Blade mid rangey deck, and we just don't have that. It's like, we just don't have Stone uh, Stoneforge Mystic. So, which is basically the whole thing that makes Stone Blades yeah. tick. Um, so, I don't really see where on earth you play this. I think it's a good card. It just has in no way a deck I would put it in. 
Because it's not really the kind of card that you run a couple of in your deck for like a mid-rangey deck. It really is a card you tutor up. And I don't see what deck tutors this up, ever. Like, just as in, like, has the cards to tutor this up. So, like, face value, it's like... This goes in the Karn board. I mean, <laughs> I guess. Goes in the Karn board. Give protection. Oh, for the mirror. Give it pro- Yeah, give protection give from green. green. Then, I mean, I guess. That's... It's a five. Yeah. It, it's perfectly fine. It just it has potential to go somewhere, but it, it, it confuses me and makes my head hurt. So I don't want to think too cool. much about it. So a five it gets. So we'll move on to the next card. Is this a play on words with like C- Cthulhu? Is that, is that, is that what they're I going for? I don't know, but they could have tried. Um, this is Tekuthal. Inquiry Dominus. Two blue blue. For a Phyrexian Horror, flying, 3-5. If you would proliferate, proliferate twice instead. And then for one Phyrexian, blue Phyrexian blue, remove three counters from among other artifacts, creatures, and planeswalkers you control. Put an indestructible counter on Tekuthal. I don't know, this is is like... Proliferate, it's very niche... It is not as like as applicable as uh, Mondrak, which just says if you make tokens, which is like a thing that you do in yeah. every set. And this is only if you proliferate. I already have high doubts about how good like a proliferate strategy is going to be, especially in blue. Like if I'm thinking proliferate, I'm thinking like green scales proliferate my own shit. What are mm-hmm. you proliferating in blue? So, even though Proliferate is very blue and very Jinkafaxes, I don't, I don't know, this card's just kind of bad to me. Like, it's a 3-5. It's even pretty hard to get to the indestructible counter. Because you have to find three counters among yeah. the stuff to remove, which can actually be a pretty decent cost, right? Think like Mondrak, you could just play a Thraben Inspector and just sack that. And it's like, yeah, annoying. But like, who cares, right? That, that's that's a cost you could pay. But here, removing mm-hmm. three counters—that might actually be kind of hard to do because proliferate requires counters to be there in the first place before you can even proliferate. So I don't know, pretty poopy. Cards like a yeah, like two. And it's <laughs> maybe it's probably one. the worst on the cycle. So. It's yeah, it's the worst on rate. A three five for four with flying. It's whatever. Uh, proliferate is a mechanic that we don't get very often unlike token generation we get every set like you said so it's worse in the sense that it's not as future proof as modrak is modrak is like just going to get better with every single set or has the potential to i should say right yeah it could where we could get like another one like emperor and be like oh awesome yeah takuthal could get better but how many times you can get proliferate in a year Maybe once every two years, every three years, maybe, right? Like it's it's not a very common mechanic to get. And like you said, on four, do you really have the ability to show three counters on other artifacts, creatures, planeswalkers you control? And this would have been know, awesome if you could remove. It'd be counters really from cool. Yourself. Like also that would work. Oh, I was going to say that, sagas. Oh, that would also be cool. Like enchantments. Like this would work. Like against infect in that way but it would also be very cool if you could remove energy counters from yourself to like have some cross synergy but that 
you don't have that because obviously this card would like kind of just like eat up infect which is what they don't want so that's why it doesn't do that but that would have made it cool and have some niche uses and now it has none i think it's a two i guess i mean Ooh. how is a card a one if this is not a one how is a card a one so i'm gonna say it's a one it's a two because there's always the potential to get better and it and I don't know I don't have the True. list of proliferate spells that legal and pioneer in front of me. So there could very well be something that's really cool. This could also pair decently with the in the artifact that gives planeswalkers zero proliferate and minus twelve take an extra turn. Fair. Maybe this could even go in that weird Rowan deck you play. So it's a two. There's the tiniest smidge of potential in the card. A one would be something that has no potential anywhere. It's horrible on rate does nothing for the decks you could possibly go in, and it's just a battle Fair. all around. So I guess this is a two. It's going to be hard to find a one. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what's not a two? Tyrannax Rex. At least Rex. a three. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is four in triple green for an eight, eight for Rexian Dinosaur. It can't be countered, has trample, ward of four, and haste, and toxic four for good measure. This is... Carnage Tyrant as a Phyrexian Dinosaur. Yeah, I don't know what the logic here is. How do we get dinosaurs now? Did the tree make its way to, like, Ixalan? Or Ikoria? I guess it could be Ixalan. I mean, they have Tamio, so they can do whatever they yeah. want. Oh, yeah, true. So they, they'll they figure it out. But, I mean, the card is... Also, I can't be too shocked that there are dinosaurs on Phyrexia, right? Like, that, that doesn't seem too far-fetched. Also, with the ability for Phyrexians to just essentially planeswalk. Yeah, they could have, um, like, gone and get one. <laughs> just like... Vorek, yeah, Vorek just Lex like, could, this is my pet I mean, now? Vorinclex would do that. Like, he would wrestle with T-Rex and take it Oh, out. absolutely. Like, if he didn't feel like eating it. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's like, I see potential. Yeah, I now. want you to beat other things up. <laughs> I'm going to take you. You're my son now. <laughs> so, yeah, the, I mean, the card's fucking uh, awesome. I think... This is good, but no, right? This is really is good. it. Seven mana is a lot of mana. It get, I mean, it the is a lot, of mana, a lot of mana, but it does have haste and trample and ward of four and toxic four, so you immediately get all your corruption cards online if you have any of those. Um, so I don't know. This is this is a six. This is a six. Oh, it's right no. above average to me. This is like a. Like this a, is a six. Ah, I did. I think it's like a three. Like, who plays this where? This is a five. Oh, no, and then people are like, so a five is average. A five is middle of the road, an average card. Could be played. Yeah, but... The stats alone make it a little bit better than average for me, where people will try yeah, to play it. You could think this is the card that messes up control in a way that Carnage Tyrant. I was like, is this better than Carnage Tyrant? And even though that might be right, both yes. suck compared to Thrun. Like the new Thrun. So, oh yeah, we'll get to that. In yeah. So, yes. in the context that that Thrun exists, this is a that is a better thing of what Tyrannix Rex tries to do. So, in that way, I think it sucks. So, I think it's like a three. But again, loosey goosey ratings. Do with it what you want. Here's an actual three. <laughs> Vraska. What she do? Vraska. Tell me all about it. That has the most text out of any of them, so you can read it. Thanks. Uh, Vraska, Betrayal Sting. 
rip the story. How did they fuck it up so badly? Uh, I haven't read the Phyrexia story. I've only seen snippets, but it, this is just in general how much they fucked up with Jason Vraska uh, ever since War of the Spark. Uh, anyway, Vraska Betrayal String, four black Phyrexian black for a legendary Planeswalker Vraska end of with six loyalty or four if you complete it. Zero, you draw a card and lose one life. Proliferate. Minus two, Target creature becomes a treasure artifact with sack at one mana of any color and loses all other card types and abilities. Minus nine, if target player has fewer than nine poison counters, they get a number of poison counters equal to the difference. So you set them at nine. Um, yeah. yeah. Don't really know what to make of this. Um not very good <laughs> like is six mana ixalan vraska better maybe so... yes actually i think it genuinely is so, like that one makes pirates this proliferates every time that's something interesting you can do with this the minus two is very comparable though i think that ex that vraska might have even blown up artifacts and enchantments and this only messes up mm -hmm. creatures so like it's it's just not very good. Like this is this is this is a I don't even think this is good in standard. I have no idea about standard, but I would I would not think it is. This is a one. Yeah, this is a one. This uh, here's here's my first one. This is this is a card that I can't see going in anywhere. I don't see it having potential to actually make an actual deck. It is a true against the odds card that people will try it, but the juice is not worth the squeeze. You give them nine poison yeah. counters and you still have to hit him one more i mean at that point you play another vraska with four mana vraska true but this you could play another vraska and proliferate you could activate a karn's bastion so like if your opponent is at nine poison in a deck that only remotely cares about it it is trivial to give them the 10th counter but that being said i do agree i see no deck that really that plays this card Unless you want to play it. And in that maybe, way, but I think maybe, it's like a maybe. two because I wouldn't consider it Stone Cold unplayable, even in the sense that like, kind of like Jace, the completed mind too, if you want to play it in a deck, even though it might not be the best card to be in the deck, it's not like, holy shit, this card is bad. Why, it's in? Why is it in? Because at the end of the day, it's a walker. It's got a down tick for removal. It's got a plus tick for card advantage. And it's an ult that probably wins you the game. So it can never be that bad. Where the other Jace has to go to like 15 loyalty before you actually win the game. Now, maybe you can play a toxic deck with this card, right? That has some amount of ramp. Or maybe even not much ramp at all. And it plays, what's it called? The Phyrexian, the green one. We were just talking Phyrexian. about it. The one that likes to have T-Rexes as pets. Yeah, the one from Kaldheim. That that way this card enters with 12. No, don't, don't give me the it's counters. good with doubling season thing. Because that applies to 95% of Planeswalkers ever printed. I'm pretty sure the original two-mana yes, 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 yes. is good if it enters right. with double loyalty. <laughs> so. Okay. 
but maybe but that's the only thing I can see this because like it's a, it's a like I'm thinking of like a turn where it's a just you win when you cast Brad, this card. At that point, I will play Ugin. You win <laughs> and have him enter with double counters, and then immediately win. I have beaten Ugin before. Not after it altered. I don't believe when they that. cast it. <laughs> I have. Really? I absolutely wow. have. Yeah, because sometimes you play decks where their ult doesn't fucking do anything. I guess. And then you win. You're like, cool. Draw seven. You're going to lightning bolt me every turn. Sure, I guess. Maybe I'm too used to it in Commander, where I've regularly just said draw seven and just go. (laughs) Thanks. Good luck. This card is pretty sick. All right, we have... Go ahead and read it. Archfiend of Dross. It looks cool. The Dross. Archfiend of Dross. It is four mana, two black black for a six six Phyrexian demon with flying. Why does it not have flample? You're a demon. Give it flample. Archfiend of the Dross enters the battlefield with four oil counters on it. At the beginning of your upkeep, remove an oil counter from Archfiend of the Dross. Then, if it has no oil counters on it, you lose the game. Whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, its controller loses two life. It is not a once per turn, thank fucking god. There are a few of those in this set that I cannot stand. This is not one of them. Um, this is cool. It's really cool. I like the design. I like the way it works. As well with Diabolic. In- I like... Diabolic intent. I mean, it's, it's, it reminds me of uh, the uh, the other demon that's like you have to sack something or whatever. Yeah, is that the one that gets like get rid of tapped? It, the four mana six six? Desecrator demon or something? Does it? Oh, no, that's your opponent. So, yeah, it's legal in Pioneer, and too. They, and then they tap. But I know what you mean. There's card, There's more cards like this that, like, do a thing. Otherwise, in that yeah. case, I think they often get tapped or they can't attack or something. And this just says, you lose. But... Brad, you yeah, play this, this and then you play Vraska like Betrays Things. So you can proliferate every turn and you never lose it. Yeah, I guess. This does nothing when it enters, though. It's big. <laughs> it's slightly larger it, yep, than most green big. four drops. <laughs> Ever so slightly larger. No, this card's not very good. Yeah, this is a three. It's a three. I mean, if Frasca if Frasca's cool, a two, this is a two. Oh, House in Limited, probably. This is slightly better than Frasca. Doubt. It's more fun than Nebraska. Again, doubt. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> next card is Argentum Masticor. It is a 5-mana Phyrexian Masticor. 5-5, five, five, first strike, and protection from multicolored. At the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice Argentum Masticor unless you discard a card. When you discard a card this way, destroy target non-land permanent and opponent controls with mana value less than or equal to the mana value of the discarded card. This is a throwback to the 17 iterations of Mastercore. This card is ass. I guess it's a 2. Yeah, it's too expensive. Well, the idea is, like, again, a 2 because it's not, like, a terrible card. But it is such a such. This is like the poster child for. But where the fuck do I play it though? In Grease Fang. Sure, <laughs> we put everything in Grease Fang. We can we get to discard cards. So it's playable in Grease Fang. 
<laughs> exactly. It keeps the fuel going That's for why Nahiri. It's a two. You could <laughs> you could play it in Grease Fang, so it's a two and not a one. <laughs> I, it's just not good on rate. It's just not good on rate. It's a Pro five, multicolor five, is super five. niche. Like, yes, I have beaten Niv players oh, yeah, with Soldier of the Pantheon, but I don't even think Niv players give a shit about this card. Because at this point, they will play their Niv and, like, find an extinction event to just kill it. Whatever. All right. Black Sun's Twilight. X and a black. Instant speed spell. Up to one target creature gets minus X, minus X until end of turn. If X is five or more, return a creature card with mana value X or less from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. I am... Uh, it's an instant at least, so but you can't ambush someone with a block. This doesn't say X plus one. If you could kill a mana dork with this, it would be a very good removal spell. Uh, well, even then, I don't know if it would be very good, but it would be okay. Um, I think in this case, even though the if X is five or more thing is kind of good, I would rather just play uh, March of Wretched Sorrow. Pretty sure that can hit Planeswalkers, and I value the life gain in the type of deck this goes into. But Alex, for seven mana, you can get back your Torrential Gearhulk mm. and Grixis Control. Wow. And then you can cast oh, and it again. And Erebos' Intervention exists too. So I also get strong ca- strong, a strong feeling of like, why do we print the same card 19 times? Like, when this card is... I know the, again, the reanimation thing is kind of cool. Uh, it's up to one target creature, so it doesn't get stuck in your hand if you have to access, uh, if you want to cast it for more than X equals five in like a reanimation kind of deck. I guess it can serve like double duty in a reanimate style deck, but in a reanimator deck, this would be either a bad removal spell or a very bad reanimation spell. So you wouldn't even want it there. House in limited, probably. Yeah. But even then, the blue one might be better. Yeah, the blue one's value. better. But. Yeah, this is like, whatever. I read it first glance. I was like, wow, black removal. I'm excited. And then I read more and I was like, never mind. Yep. Uh, we're going to skip the uh, all the fast lands. They're back. They're in 10, Pioneer. 11s. Awesome. They're 11s. All of format. them. 12s. Fuck it. Yep. If, when, we ever, <laughs> when we do our uh, top 10 for Frexia All is One, and we have a bit more time to digest all the cards ahead of our rankings... Of course, as always, disclaimer, these will not be on the list. They will start in the beginning because of the episode they would be as number one. 11s, number ones. Yes. Any impactful land that is a cycle that enters a format is going to be number but one. Especially these are, these are amazing. proven amazing cards. We already have the rest. They're finishing a cycle. They're awesome again. They're 11s. They're 12s. They're 13s. Whatever. They are ridiculous. Super good. They're going to make a lot of decks better. They're going to make a lot of decks work that might not have even worked well before. So they're exciting. Right? They might actually spawn the most decks. Some decks even better, like Rakdos. Or Bogles. Which has slightly less mana that makes you cry right now. With this and Brushland in the set before, that deck got an upgrade. Because literally all it needed was mana. The deck is fine, but shit, it loses to its mana 24-7, so... But hey, we have a new mechanic. Now we have our first reveal for a cool mechanic. Let's go. 
It's four Mirrodin. It's three mana, an artifact equipment that says new mechanic, four Mirrodin exclamation point, which means when this equipment enters the battlefield, create a 2-2 red rebel creature token, then attach this to it. Whenever Blade of Shared Souls becomes attached to a creature for as long as Blade of Shared Souls remains attached to it, you may have that creature become a copy of another target creature you control. Jesus Christ. Equip two. It's not even about the how to get the card. It's just saying that. By the way, it's a three-mana card, two to equip. Oh, I thought I already said the mana um, cost. Whatever. It's cool. Um, it clones things. It's it, not good, but, but then. It's... But it just it it makes it another two two right. It makes a two two. You slap it on there, but it just becomes a copy of something else you have, or at least you may. Yeah, and that's like, how does that work as a trigger? Um, I think just the moment the equip resolves, you're already too late if you were looking to kill it. Yeah, so you have to do it like as it's attaching. So I'm pretty sure if this enters the battlefield, because it won't be attached to anything, there will just be that four Mirrodin trigger on the stack, which I'm fairly sure just makes a thing and equips it immediately. Oh yeah, it has to, because otherwise Living Weapon wouldn't work. Uh, because those are zero zeros. So I'm pretty sure it equips as the ability resolves immediately, and then it's immediately a copy of something on your side of the battlefield. So if you want to pay three mana for a Colossal Dreadmall, you can. And now all your Llanowar Elves will be Colossal Dreadmalls, as long as that one doesn't die. Not good. That's fine. Keep doing raiding. Cards like a... I mean, I know it's saying a lot, but this card... I mean, actually, this might be my first one. Where the fuck do you play this card? What deck wants creatures that are worth copying, that are big, and equipments... Historically, all but like five, a terrible fucking card type. Rebels, baby. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's a one. Yeah, this this might actually be my first one, where I'm like, this card is just stone cold and playable, and whatever deck you are building around it, don't. Or, I mean, hey, I'm never going to stop you from brewing. I literally wrote an article on it. But uh, if you want to brew around this, go ahead. If you have another deck and you're thinking, should this card be in? The answer is no. So, trash. Again, this is Pioneer. There's probably some commander deck where people are like, oh my god, this is great. I'm like, yeah, good luck. But- All right, next. Bloated Contaminator. What does it's it do? Two and a green for a Phyrexian Beast, Trample, Toxic One. And whenever it deals combat damage to a player, proliferate. This would be a funny case of a card that would have been way better had it cost more green mana. Because if this card was... Well, more green Yeah, pips, if this card yeah. was green, 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 it would have probably been very good in mono green devotion. Um, Now? Eh. I don't really see where you play this. It's like... A 3-mana 4-4 Trample, the rate is crazy, but we have quite a few cards like this. So, like, the famous 3-drop Tribal deck that we keep talking about seemingly every month or whatever. (laughs) Um, Might not even need this, 
because we've gotten so many good three drops at this point. But it's like pretty strong. Maybe the like mono green devotion deck with like Nissa and Vivian might have interest in this perhaps on top of old growth troll. Right, that deck used to run um Garrix Harbinger, I think. I could see like a meta mm-hmm. or a build where this card is better than that like two off Harbinger. You'd rather have two off bloated contaminator. So I'd say this card is like a like a five. It's pretty strong, but it requires context to be useful, but I can see that context existing absolutely. And in that context it's decent. Probably good in a dedicated poison counter deck. True. So, in that deck, it's that's but cool. This card has the problem that I feel like Toxic just has, like inherently. If I'm attacking my opponent for four every turn, I think they're gonna die to damage before they die to poison. But it has trample. They can block it and then reduce the amount of damage you do. True, did and then they die to Toxic anyway, and that's kind of cool. Isn't isn't there an enchantment that makes a creature a 1-1 one, one, but gives it unblockable? I have no idea. Or am I just high? You might be high. It sounds like it it sounds like an enchantment, doesn't it? Like an aura? I can see that. It'd be like That sounds like it would have been from the D and D set. And it would have been like reduce, like the spell that makes things smaller. Becomes a one one but becomes unblockable. All right, well, you were high on the blue one, or cool. at least not high on it, but you thought it was better than the black yes. one. So blue Sun's fun. Twilight, X blue blue, sorcery. Gain control of target creature with mana value X or less. If X is f- uh, five or more, create a token that's a copy of that creature. Now, before I make a fool of myself, I am pretty sure that we are in a classic case of strictly better, and it is strictly better than Entrancing Melody, which is a card that already sees very fringe play. Like in like mono blue, tempo-y decks, Entrancing Melody shows up. And this is literally just Entrancing... It actually sees play in mono blue Yeah, Entrancing Melody. This is the same card, except if you have a bunch of mana lying around, it is way better. So Entrancing Melody is a playable, though niche, card this is a strictly better version of that card so i guess by that rating it will be like an eight but no pulling that out of my ass here but because it's such a niche playable card i guess it's a seven but this is a very good card yeah and transit melody is probably like a six yeah and so. it's also a case of like even though this card is not a 10 there is no world where this card ever is a 10 unless it's completely absurd and they print something stupid. Like, they make this, like, X and a blue and you can take control of a creature that's twice X. Like, yeah, that will be a 10, but that's a card that they will never, ever print. (laughs) So this is about as good as it gets for a control magic kind of effect. Pretty sick if you're going against the Shieldred. Wait, no, Legendary. Fuck. Uh, uh, would, uh... No, I think even if they then kill their shoulder, their own shoulder in response, you don't even get the copy because you, you fizzle with the only target you have. But 
there's other cool shit to grab with this. I don't know. Grab a graveyard trespasser. Sure, like I'll, I'll discard a card. But oh, you grab a cavalier of thorns of someone. You're like, thanks. So, and then you mill card yourself. Hey, you ramp. That's why you play the cavalier. Get a land. You get your own Nykthos because you're playing Mono Blue Devotion. That's where this card would actually be pretty decent, I think. Hey. Um, and you're playing this in Mill because you're targeting their Cavalier and you're like, hell yeah, <laughs> my game plan is still intact. I'm still milling myself. <laughs> but yeah, all jokes aside, this card's these. Um, card is. The art is sick. Like, holy shit. Yeah, I'll- the art in this set is phenomenal. It just gets better. The aesthetic set. of... Kind of same with the Planeswalkers. The aesthetic of Mirrodin doesn't really draw me in as much. Talked about this before. I am a very boring classic fantasy guy. Uh, and even though I like science fiction quite a bit, um, I don't know. It's, it's just not super like drawn to it. All the art in this set is incredibly well made, but it's the type of stuff I would like never put on my wall. Because I'd rather have, like, uh, Dominaria see, art there. But it is sick. I am a huge, huge fan of H.R. Geiger and anything inspired remotely by his work. H.R. Geiger is the man who created the design for Alien, from yeah. or the Xenomorph from Alien. So anytime I see stuff that's even remotely similar to that, I am very happy. And this set is doing all all the things to tickle me on the inside and make me very It's pleased. also just, I'm not a horror. I don't like horror. So even though this isn't like horror as in like it makes me scary, it makes me scared because it doesn't, but it is just like an aesthetic that my brain just associates with no. <laughs> this looks like horror. No. Okay. Get it out of here. You know what we should do then? We should do a stream. Where we watch horror nope. movies. Absolutely not. I haven't or I haven't watched a horror movie. You can watch Terrifier. I haven't watched a horror movie since I was like thirteen, and I don't plan to like ever change that. I will hope the age that I die is the age that I've watched a horror movie minus thirteen. Cause like no. I don't find the appeal in it. Wow, I watched Brad's looking really puzzled. Um I'm doing the math of what you just said, and I well, because I don't want to. That was a very convoluted way of saying I will never watch a horror movie for the rest of my life. I hope. Um, The age that you die minus thirteen. Yeah, is the is how long I haven't watched a horror movie because I haven't watched a horror movie since I was thirteen. No. Yeah, that means you could die. I mean, I could, right? All right. Conduit of Worlds. Alex is going to die. He's already accepted it. He has we all will so in the we'll, end. We'll move on before he does die. All right, shut the <laughs> fuck up. Conduit of Worlds. It's four mana, two and a double green artifact. You may play lands from your graveyard. That's cool. Tap it. Choose target now a permanent card in your graveyard. If you haven't cast a spell this turn, you may cast that spell. If you do, you can't cast additional spells this turn. You can only do that as a sorcery. Um, it's experimental frenzy, but there's green. Probably, there's probably a card that's or a, a combo that's cool that i, I wouldn't even make i combo. this is a four is it? it's it's just kind of experimental frenzy in like a dumb green mid-range like aggro deck where it's just like do i have big dumb green is guy it? to play no 
then I will play one from my graveyard instead. So it's a decent value card. I guess. Again, it gives me vibes of like, why wouldn't I just play Vivian Monsters Advocate instead of this? But if you don't want to, or if there's some other synergy you've got, or whatever, maybe you do something with artifacts, maybe you do something with your graveyard anyway, um, maybe you're playing like a card that means you're not allowed to play art to play planeswalkers, whatever. Maybe maybe you're playing like. Is it Immortal Sun? I'm going off the deep end. There's a yeah. world where this card is played, but it's not great. I mean, you may play lands from your graveyard. That is just pretty strong. But not a thing that we do Here's a lot here. Like in, in, in... Well, it's... it It is just Crucible of Worlds, right? Like, by default... With a slide yeah, it's Crucible of Worlds with a slide one more mana. but one more mana. But, you know, I've I've built this deck before where I just try and, like, do the, like, Azusa, Field of Ruin nonsense, right? Just get people out of the game because they play greeny mana bases. And this works with that. I play this card. I play Azusa from my graveyard. I play three Field of Ruins from my graveyard. And even if they now kill my Azusa or my Conduit of Worlds, I don't care. I'm probably going to Stone Rain them to death in my next turn. So, in the context of that deck, it works. I think that deck, which is very niche, would play it. Everyone hates you if you play this type of deck at the FNM, but if you want to be the villain, cards for you. So it's like a four. You you hold the fuck up. Maybe you agree. went through all that to just agree with me, or even maybe give it a worse rating. Yeah, because I just had more reasoning behind it. I had more to say about it, but it doesn't mean that I think it's better. But you prefaced it by with the way that you made it seem like it was better than it. I fucking hate you. We're moving <laughs> on. Dragon Wing Glider. <laughs> You're not even reading the next one. Fuck you. It's a five mana three and double red the artifact equipment. Four Mirrodin, which makes the red rebel thingy. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus two, and us flying in haste and equip is five mana. What? <laughs> Unplayable. Yes. Bad. One. Bye. Another Get, one. Move on. <laughs> Encroaching. Make miss. You read it. <laughs> Encroaching. Mycosynth. <laughs> uh, three and a green for an artifact. Non-land permanents you control are artifacts in addition to their other types. The same is true for permanent spells you control and non-land permanent cards you own that aren't on the battlefield. So, like, all your shit that's not land is artifacts. That's all it does. It just makes everything artifacts. Which is really cool, because then the moment your opponent plays a Karn, it can't do shit anymore. Well, you can still tap your lands. Yeah, fine. Uh, but, like, yeah, I don't know. Like okay, The main cool. application is you give the, you play this, and then you give it to your opponent, and you mess them up. <laughs> That's what you do with this card. This is probably... Or, or you, you play this, and then play other Karn, minus make the Karn struct, and you're like, I have big Karn. And you're happy. This is, like, so niche this that I dare to say you'd never play this, and this might be another one. But I'll say it's a two. Because you could probably do something against the only. I'll say it's a three because it's an excuse to play Harmless Offering, and I love that card. It's a three. Fair. And Harmless Offering costs three, so it's a three. <laughs> <laughs> Evolved Spinoderm. 
Spino, it's probably Spinoderm, but I'm going to call it a Spinoderm. Four mana, two green, green, Phyrexian Beast for a 5-5. Five, five. Evolve Spinoderm enters the battlefield with four oil counters on it. Evolve Spinoderm has trample as long as it has two or fewer oil counters on it. Otherwise, it has hexproof. At the beginning of your upkeep, remove a counter from an oil counter from Evolve Spinoderm. Then, if it has no oil counters, sacrifice it. This is the green version of that demon we saw earlier. Yeah, except you don't lose the game. Kind of. <laughs> yep, this is just better than the that one. At that, at, at least, it's better than that. It's like a kind of like fun throwback to fading cards. Um, I don't. So you either get hexproof or you get. I mean, I have no idea why you would trample. ever play this card. It's not even a dino. Like, this looks like it could have been a dinosaur. And then maybe if we got some synergies in Ixalan, this would have been cool. Maybe Ixalan gives beast synergies or so. I don't know. This card's kind of shit. I think mean, this is a. But at least because the rate is so good, and with the idea that you hope to kill your opponent before you lose this card, sure, it's a four. Maybe a three, actually. What did I give the the, the, the demon? I give that one a three, right? I think so. This is a 3.5. Slightly better. All right. What does Azuri do? Azuri, Stalker of Spheres. He's a Phyrexian Elf Warrior. Two blue and a green for a 3-3. When he enters the battlefield, you may pay three. If you do, proliferate twice. Whenever you proliferate, draw a card. This is the card we needed for that blue thing monument to be good. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean... It's a two. Yeah. Sure. It's the same as the blue thing. It's a two. Proliferate. Same exact reasoning. It's weird. It, it's a it's a mechanic that doesn't come around often enough to really beef it up in terms of power. It's already a niche mechanic as is in Pioneer, which is going to be hard to actually get it to be a good card um, within the context of even a proliferate deck. Uh, it's a two, and it's overcosted all yes. around. It's a two. Then we have Zoidberg, or rather Geth, Thane of Contracts, one black black. For a Phyrexian Zombie, 3-4. Other creatures you control get minus one, minus one. One black, black tap. Return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. It gains if this creature would leave the battlefield, exile it instead of putting it anywhere else. Activate only as a sorcery. So, huge repeated reanimation. Not repeated of the same card, but repeated reanimation. At the cost of your board is smaller. I think this card is just kind of bad but the effect is very powerful and the minus one minus one on your own stuff is actually kind of cool because it kills all your own stitcher suppliers which you're using to fuel your graveyard that's funny so there is a like fun deck to be built there but i don't think a good deck but i do think a deck that repeatedly slams some fatties onto the battlefield is kind of cool so for the fun factor, I would say this is a four. I was going to say F is for fun and F is for four. So yes, go. it's a four. Once again, I need way more What words. about Glissa Sunslayer? Uh, it's 
a three mana, three, three, one black green creature. It's an elf. Hey, it's an elf. That means it's good, right? Mm. It's also a zombie. you're happy to get. Ooh, and it's a Phyrexian. Uh, first strike, death touch. Whenever it deals combat damage to a player, choose one, draw a card, you lose a life, destroy target enchantment, remove up to three counters from target permanent. I saw people saying that this is what can actually make pa uh, Pioneer's like green-black rock style mid-range deck good. Um, it's flexible, but I think people are severely forgetting that this does not say ETB. I think everyone's changing in their mind that when it enters the battlefield, you do one of these things, which if that was the case, it'd be pretty good. It'd be a seven to me. It's just super, one of the super flexible three drop things. We've seen that before. That'd be amazing. Now, of course, first dragon death touch does make it a bit more possible to get in with damage and make it a bit more of a threat to block. So the repeatability of doing one of these abilities over and over again can be far more achievable than what you would think on first glance. But at the same time, I don't think it's good enough. I think it'd be a supremely better card if it just said ETB, and it doesn't even have to have the first dragon death touch anymore for that case, and you get it a one and done, because at least mm. then it goes in Coco decks. It's a guaranteed ability of what it does it's a guaranteed hit of some flexible you know toolboxy type of idea and would achieve the same thing that people are raving about it already this is a four mm, i don't know would be a seven if it was i like this design a ETB. lot more than if it would be an etb because the etb is kind of like we've seen this 17 times before and oh of course is... of course but that doesn't make it any better well, i think it makes it better in context because I think what people are raving on about with making like a rock deck work is that those type of decks rely on having something like Dark Confidant, right? Something that while you one for one your opponent, there's a card sitting there lowering your opponent's life total while drawing you cards. And this card does that. And for three mana, it's pretty playable, right? Obviously, Dark Confidant is two mana, but has other downsides. This is three, so it's still pretty easy to get down early. This thing dominates a battlefield with first strike and death touch like you literally have to quadruple block this if you want to kill it with blockers and then you lose three of your four blockers to a three drop which is crazy it is very flexible because it does that draw card thing that you want your rock card to do but there's some additional flexibility in there you can remove counters you know that's a way that you can kill planeswalkers uh, destroying an enchantment is occasionally useful. So I think in that, like, rock-style deck where people now have been playing, like... Is it, like, Chevelle? The one three from Ikoria? That's just, like, kind of shit. Mm -hmm. um, where you would much rather play Glissa Sunslayer. Um, I think it fills that role quite well. Now, I don't think that deck is actually good. But if you want to build a rock deck in Pioneer, you will absolutely put this card in. So I think for that regard, it's like a 6 or a 7, because it makes a deck work. But I do agree, face value, this card is probably like a 4. But I like the fact that it really like makes an archetype tip tick. But I was thinking before, you would maybe want to run like a card like Glinsleeve Siphoner. But that draws you a card every other turn, which is just very little card advantage, and it's also just not as good as a card on the battlefield as this is. I guess I here's my thing. 
if you're playing Golgari midrange, this is a three mana card. The thing that that deck is really missing are good two, drops. two mana cards. Absolutely. Yes. You already have Trespasser. You have Tyler's Tracker, which is a good card that people really want to hold on to for dear life. And you even have Liliana the Veil, uh, which fits far better in that type of deck than it does in Rakdos Midrange at the moment, right? And then you have Shouldered at four, and even uh, Azekas Chariot at four as well. Uh, yes, you can play Misery Shadow like Rakdos is doing, which I think some Golgari Midrange decks have been doing in Pioneer. Um, but... It's still an okay two-drop in the context of the deck. This would be amazing if it was a 2-2 two -two for two and did all the same oh, shit. Oh, it would be super, be amazing. super good. Even if you made it a 1-1 one -one for two, because at least it dies to a lot more stuff, yeah. right? Um, but it would still be pretty good. Then I would be like, yes, this goes in the, that style deck. But for being three mana, contextually... It's too much stuff that ha it has too many hoops to jump through. To And I agree with you. It can dominate Battlefield. First Strike, Death Touch are incredibly powerful, the things to have together. Great keywords. And it does do a lot in terms of its flexibility. But I'd rather play Trespasser or even Tyros Tracker within the context of the type of deck that this deck is or any Golgari mid-range deck that this is going to want to be played in I'd rather play those other three drops over this. And e but if it was ETV, I would find a way to squeeze in one or two. Like this, this would be like a. It's like a uh, what's the called the Gloom Shrieker, right? That can re grab a permanent mm -hmm. card from your graveyard. It th that's what this card is to me. A one of maybe yeah. a two of that you find room for. It's also legendary, so. I that's think it. you trim one or two tireless tracker, which I just don't think is that good of a card. Um, it starts off smaller. It has no relevant keywords. Uh, you need to constantly yeah. be paying mana to be drawing those cards. Glissa doesn't do that. But obviously, Glissa is legendary, so I would never put a four off in the deck. Um, that's a legendary, basically. So if you're on, like, you know, your four tracker, four trespasser, I probably trim either one of each or probably like two trackers for two glissa. That's probably where I'd start and then see from there. But the upgrade isn't huge. It's probably an upgrade, but if you don't think the deck is good now, it's not going to be good because of glissa. Yeah. As you said, you uh, need a Graz good is a... Agreed. Graz is a uh, commander card. Yeah, it's, it's cool. It turns right. all your cards into juggernauts, but can't be very bothered to read it out. Uh, real quick. <laughs> you can do it. Sure. Very fast. I'm not going to read the name. It's Graz. It's eight mana. It's a juggernaut. It's legendary. Seven, five. Juggernauts have to attack. Juggernauts can't be blocked by walls. And other creatures you control are five, three juggernauts in addition to the other creature types. Cool. That's it. It's it's commander. You want to play a juggernaut deck and commander? That's fucking sweet. You want to play a juggernaut deck and constructed? Have fun. Good luck with your aid drop. It's, it's an artifact. You can carn for it. You can turn all your mana dorks into five threes. Amazing. Um, Green Sun's Twilight. Another one of these, Brad. <laughs> I remember this was spoiled. God, I'm so tired. And you of this just card. sent me not another fucking one of these cards. 
Yeah. Uh, go ahead and read it out while I look for that part of our conversation. Yes. Green Sun's Twilight. X and a green for a sorcery. Reveal the top X cards plus one of your library. Choose a creature card and or a land from among them. Put those cards into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. If X is five or more, instead put the chosen cards onto the battlefield or into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. So it's kind of like a like an almost cantrip in green. You know, you just can just pay a green and kind of cycle it, though if you find another Green Sun's Twilight or a Planeswalker, you obviously don't. So you probably don't want to play it for one. You could play it for two. You can fill out your curve. You can make sure that you hit your land drops, etc. But then when you cast it for five or more, you get to, like, cheat a creature into play. Uh, I don't... I don't think this card is actually very good. Uh, I'm just getting more of that, like, yeah, more of this shit kind of vibes. But, I mean, once you're paying five mana, you are paying six mana to, like, cheat a creature and a land into play. It's like, I could have just played a Cavalier for five, get a creature, guaranteed, instead of randomly hitting it off the top, getting a land off the Cavalier... And I can hit the Cavalier of Storm the Festival, and I can't hit Green Sun's Twilight of the Fe of the Storm the Festival. So this card doesn't really have a point, I think. So this is genuinely like a like a no. like a two. Like I don't know where I would ever play this shit, honestly. To give you my take on it, I'm just going to refer to what I sent you originally when this was leaked back on the day after Christmas. I said in all caps when I sent this card, stop. Stop printing these kinds of cards. I don't want Mono Green to have more of these effects. But then I thought about it more. I was like, Storm is honestly better, but this one has the ability to dig way deeper. But it doesn't hit walkers, so it may be a decent one of two of... At maybe. Maybe. But even if this sees zero play, which it probably will, stop printing these fucking cards. Stop it. I'm so tired of seeing this effect. It is the most obnoxiously annoying effect to see... That's basically evergreen. Any fucking big green... We get it. You like to dig into your deck and get cool big shit for free based on your mana cost. Stop it. I'm done with it. I don't want to fucking see shit. And that's it. Negative eight. Fuck this card. <laughs> All my homies hate green. And with that, we're going to take a nice, wonderful ad break. We'll be right back. Hey, Alex, if listeners want to go and support the show, how can they do that? Well, for starters, they can go over to patreon.com slash Pioneer Perspective, where there are multiple tiers in which they can show our support to us. And the more you go up in tiers, the more benefits you get. For example, you can suggest topics for episodes, or when you go into higher tiers, you will basically just be like, hey, talk about this, and we will. Then there's also other ways to support us by going to inkgaming.com and using our affiliate link where you can either find our merch or even through our affiliate link just buy other merch at ingaming.com and that still helps us out too. We also write articles on playingpioneer.com so if you want to read stuff about various different things like my Like a True Pioneer series where I explore different decks, Alex's Grixis Grabs where he looks at new cards from every set that goes into Grixis, they're both there and more, as well as we have socials on Twitter, Alex is... Alex Lockthwaite. And I am Brad Sifer, so if you want to go ahead and follow us on there where we babble about random stuff with magic, you can. And of course, 
there is the Discord play away where you can go ahead and hop and play some Paper Magic, where you also get access to the mailbag every week. We also want to shout out and thank Card Hoarder for letting us join the creator uh, network with them. And if you want to get some MTGO cards and rent them, go ahead and do that with Card Hoarder. Now back to the show. All right, and we are back. Thank you for enjoying that ad read. I don't know which one of us is doing it. We pre-recorded them. I don't remember. I'll put one of them up. If it was me, you're welcome. If it was Alex, you're welcome. You're welcome because I edited them. No, fuck you. <laughs> All right, so we're going to speed through the rest of these. We have 33 other rares to get through because there are 60 rares in this set. And the way we're going to do that is smash or pass. And what we mean by that is whatever you want it to mean, it's up to you. You're the listener. You make your own story. Choose your own adventure. So, Alex, Jor, Caden, first Gold Warden. It is a red and a white 2-2 legendary creature, human rebel, trample. Whenever Jor, Caden, first Gold Warden attacks, it gets plus X, plus X until the end of turn where X is the number of equipped creatures you control. And then if for Caden, then if Jor, Caden's power is four or greater, you draw a card. Smash or pass? It cares about equipment, pass. All right, pass. Bye-bye. Kaido, Dancing Shadow, four mana, two, blue, black. Fuck, I got to zoom in because there's so much text. It's really small because it has an ability or a static, static ability. It is a four mana, three loyalty Planeswalker Kaido. Static ability says, whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player, you may return one of them to its owner's hand. If you do, you may activate loyal abilities of Kaido twice this turn rather than only once. Plus one. Up to one target creature can't attack or block until your next turn. Zero. Draw a card. Minus two. Create a 2-2 colorless drone artifact creature token with death touch. And when this creature leaves the battlefield, each opponent loses two life and you gain two life. So cool synergy with the minus two because you can then choose to bounce it and then lose it basically with his passive and then drain them. Pass. Smash. This card's pretty cool. Got some fun synergies with itself. I can if, see, like, fun workarounds in this. Sure. Right? Works pretty well with three mana Kaido. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. Uh, I don't know how to say this. Karumonix. The Rat King. It. I mean, sorry. Three mana. <laughs> <laughs> One, black, black for a 3-3 three, three legendary creature, Phyrexian Rat, and the artwork is fucking sick. Toxic one. Other rats you control of Toxic One. When K-Man enters the battlefield, <laughs> look at the top five cards of your library. You may reveal any number of rat cards from among them and put them into your hand. Or the revealed ones, yeah. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Smash. Rat Tribal. Smash. Pass. This is a jump Smash. start card. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Smash. All right. Kaya, Intangible, Intangible Slayer. Three. And then a white, and a white, and a black, and a black. It's seven mana for a six loyalty hexproof Kaya. Plus two, each opponent loses three life, and you gain three life. Zero, you draw two cards, and each opponent may scry one. Minus three, exile target creature or enchantment. If it was not an aura, create a token that's the top. That's a fu- the, 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 the. Create a token that's a copy of it, except it's a one-one white spirit creature with flying in addition to its other types. Smash. It has hexproof. It's cool. It's a super expensive, unplayable garbage smash. Pass at seven, man, Alameo. 
in Orzov. All right, now we have in Orzov, baby. Now we have Kemba, Ka Enduring. One and a white for a legendary creature, Cat Cleric 2-2. Whenever Kemba, Ka Enduring, or another cat enters the battlefield under your control, you attach up to one target equipment to you control to that creature. Equip creatures you control get additional plus one, plus one, and then you can pay five, three double white to create a 2-2 white cat creature token. Cool synergy with itself. Kind of weird. It's a cat tribal thing, but also equipment. I'm intrigued. Smash. Yeah, even though it this cares about equipment, but Smash, uh, cool with Sacred Cat. And maybe there's another few like cats you can squeeze into an equipment kind of strategy. Uh, you could just like play this and slap a Colossus Hammer on. Cool. Next, we have Kethic Crucible Goliath. Two black and a red, four mana, four, four, Phyrexian Beast. It's a legendary creature and says, at the beginning of your end step, you may sacrifice another creature. If you do, reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a non-legendary creature card with lesser mana value, put it onto the battlefield, then put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. I think this is kind of bad. I love sacrifice decks. So because of that, smash. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. I don't think it's good, but I'll try it. Pass, but I'll want to see you try it. Not me, though. I'll All read right. the next one. Next we have... Go. Give your throat a bit of a rest. Cough. Fire of Resistance. <clears throat> two red red. Legendary Planeswalker. Cough. Four starting loyalty. Plus two. Search your library for a basic mountain card. Reveal it. Put it into your hand. Then shuffle. Minus three. Cough. Fire of Resistance. Deals damage to target creature. Equal to the number of mountains you control. Minus seven. You get an emblem with. Whenever a mountain enters the battlefield under your control... This emblem deals four damage to any target. Uh, pass, the plus two should have said mountain, not basic mountain, and it would still be bad. Pass, this is a negative 12. <laughs> Horrible Planeswalker might be worse than Karn Legacy. Ooh, ow! But you might be right. Uh, <laughs> I know I'm right, this is Malkator, horrible. Purity Overseer. One blue and a white. For a 1-1 legendary creature, Phyrexian Elephant Wizard. Smallest typewriting I've ever seen on a... What the fuck? Smallest writing I've ever seen on a typeline. Um, was was this creature type spoiled in Morrow's teaser thing? Was that there? I didn't been, read it. If it wasn't. Um, anyway, when Malkator, Purity Overseer, Ooh. enters the battlefield, create a 3-3 colorless Phyrexian Golem artifact creature token. Funnily enough, this card should have probably been a splicer, but I don't know if that's a creature type, but it would not have fit. Uh, at the beginning of your end step, if three or more artifacts enters the battlefield under your control this turn, create a 3-3 colorless Phyrexian Golem artifact creature token. This is a smash. It's a cool card. And it's really easy to make work. Yeah, it's an elephant wizard smash. <laughs> awesome. This thing's cool. Uh, I love the kind of deck it goes in. It makes fucking artifacts. It just does things, and it seems kind of easy to turn on. Uh, yeah, smash. Uh, then Malira, the Living Cure. Also, the way we're going to solve the completion problem of all the main characters. Uh, green, A green and a white for a 3-3 human scout legendary creature. If you would get one or more poison counters, instead you get one counter and you can't get additional poison counters this turn. Then you have Exile Malira, the Living Cure. Choose another target creature or artifact. When it's put into a graveyard this turn, return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control. Uh, Smash, you could do fun things with this. It's obviously very safe with the Exile rather than um, Sacrifice, which we have seen before on some two-mana card. I forgot where it's from. Old card. 
Um, I don't care about the first half. It's flavor text. Pass. I don't know why, but this card bores me. Fair. Uh, Mercurial Spelldancer. One and a blue for a Phyrexian Rogue. A 2-1. It can't be blocked, and when you cast a non-creature spell, put an oil counter on it. When it deals combat damage to a player, you may remove two oil counters from it. If you do, when you cast your next instant or sorcery spell this turn, copy that spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. Pass this card shit. Too much work, not enough pay. I had an ADHD moment, and I didn't even fucking process anything that you said, <laughs> and I'm rereading it. Pass. <laughs> that, that This card, I was just looking at the art, and I'm like, is that an egg in the background? And then that's all I could focus on. Pass. <laughs> is that an egg? <laughs> Mind looks, Splicer looks like Apparatus. An Three and a blue for an artifact. Flash. At the beginning of your upkeep, put an oil counter on uh, Mind Splice Apparatus. Instant of sorcery spells you cast cost one less to cast for each oil counter on Mind Splice Apparatus. Uh, EDH card pass. Uh, yeah. Ban it in EDH. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Smash. <laughs> I want to see the people get all upset about this card. That's a four mana. Eventually, make your spells cost one. I guess. Uh, Mirror safe house. You could you could do fun things with that one and proliferate, but still, like you don't do that constructed. You'll do other things. Uh, Mirren safe house artifact. As long as Mirren safe house uh, three mana, as long as Mirren safe house is on the battlefield, it has all activated abilities of all land cards in all graveyards. Uh, you could probably do something fun with this, but I don't think it really matters. Pass. Smash. The the uh, the artwork kind of looks like there's the all the Eldrazi uh, in it. Like, you know, Emrakul, Kozilek, and Ulmog are all there. Uh, probably not, but it looks like that. Smash. Here we have Monument to Perfection. Two mana for an artifact. Smash. Sure. Three tap. <laughs> it looks so Search cool. your library for a basic sphere or locust land card. It's confirmed we should be getting a locust card. I don't know if we've seen it yet. Uh, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle. And sphere is just think gate. Random cards are spheres. Then it has an activated ability of three. Monument to Perfection becomes a 9-9 Phyrexian construct artifact creature. Loses all abilities, gains indestructible and toxic nine. Activate only if there are nine or more lands with different names among the basic spheres and locust lands you control. Holy shit, this is a lot of work. Way too much. Pass. I already said smash. I can't go back on it. The artwork looks like I'm in a uh, uh, the, the Behind Blue Eyes music video. <laughs> smash. What a reason to like a card. Then we have Dorn's <laughs> Wellspring, one and a white for an artifact. Whenever a creature you control dies, scry one and put an oil counter on the Wellspring. One tap, remove two oil counters from Dorn's Wellspring, draw a card. Uh, pass, this is one of these cards that look playable and is not. Pass, I hate white cards that do this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, then we have Ovika, Enigma, Goliath, five Blue and a red for a card that looks like it should have been from the Warhammer precons. It is a 6-6 Phyrexian Nightmare yeah. with flying and ward of three mana and paying three life. 
then it says, whenever you cast a non-creature spell, create X 1-1 red Phyrexian Goblin creature tokens, where X is the mana value of the spell, they gain haste until end of turn. Again, it should have been in the Warhammer precons, because this is a commander card. Pass. Smash. It goes infinite with something. It's bad and constructed, but I might want to make a commander deck out of it, because everyone hates these kind of commanders. Smash. Then we have, this is a sick reprint. Phyrexian Arena. One black black for an enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, you draw a card and you lose a life. Smash. Awesome Pass. card. I think it's overrated. I think it's not a good oh, card. Oh, it's over. It's overrated magic. in the sense that people think it's a nine, and it's more like a six or a seven. But I still think it's good. Um, also, the artwork and flavor text makes me sad. Pass. The, the art, this Fresca's so creepy on the art. Dude, what the fuck? Um, then we well, that part. That part's cool, but it's just the context. Then we have Screlves Hive, one in a white, smash enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, you lose a life and create a 1-1 colorless Phyrexian Might artifact token with Toxic 1 and Discard can't block. Corrupt it. As long as an opponent has three or more poison counters on it, creatures you control with Toxic have lifelink. Smash, this is Bitter Blossom, kind of. Very good. Smash. You know that meme where it's like people reply, we will be watching? We will be playing this deck. We will be trying this card. Yeah, I just, I just like, I'm just so bitter no pun intended, that we don't have yeah. Bitter Blossom, which is a really good card in, like, black decks that you can mess up attrition decks with. We don't have that. And, of course, fucking White gets it again. Like, I get so tired of people complaining about White. Some people do it still. Fuck White. Like, absolutely. You know, fuck White. You're sincerely black control players. <laughs> like, fuck. <laughs> anyway, we had his Hive. Here's yeah. the fucker himself. Uh, Skrelv Defector Might. One white for a 1-1. One, one. Legendary artifact creature Phyrexian Might. Toxic 1. Um, this guy can't block. And he has one Phyrexian White. Tap. Choose a color. Another target creature you control gains Toxic 1 and Hexproof from that color until end of turn. It can be blocked by creatures of that color this turn. Smash. This is fucking amazing. Smash? Question mark? Smash. Smash. Sure. Smash. In every way you can think of. Smash. Look at this art. <laughs> Fuck, I'm out. <laughs> no, like, disconnect. Um, <laughs> Slowbad. Iron Goblin. Two and a red for a 3-3. Three, three. Legendary creature for Axion Goblin art. The typewriting only gets smaller every fucking card. Um, tap. Sacrifice an artifact. Add an amount of red. Equal to the sacrifice artifact mana value. Spend this mana only to cast artifact spells or activate abilities of artifacts. Smash, this is cool. I like ramp. I like lots of red mana. Sure. You could probably do something cool with this, but it's probably bad. But I don't care. Pass. Mono red artifact decks makes me sad. Pass. Tablet of completion. Two mana for an artifact. Tap. Put an oil counter on it. Tap, add colorless. Activate only if it has two or more oil counters on it. One, tap, draw a card. Activate only if it has five or more oil counters on it. Uh, pass, this is maze my tone, but it takes seven years to get something out of it. Pass, maybe even not good enough to even make your budget commander list. True. The Eternal Wanderer. Four white white, legendary planeswalker. No more than one creature can attack the Eternal Wanderer each combat. Five-star in loyalty, by the way. 
plus one. Return up to one target artifact or creature. Uh, exile up to one target artifact or creature. Return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of that player's next end step. Zero. Create a 2-2 white samurai token with double strike. Minus four. For each player, player, choose a creature that player controls. Each player sacrifices all creatures they control chosen this way. Just about smash. This is flexible and weird enough that I can see that it makes it in blue-white. Like... Smash. It's kind of that board wipe, the five mana, with Gideon being sad. You've yeah. kind of got that. You've got mm -hmm. some niche extra. It can actually win you the game, so it's a bit more than that. Sure. Uh, the th I'd rather play the fucking... What's it called? The uh, El the six mana Elspeth in mono white, though. Sun's Champion. Uh, I think Sun's Champion. I think yeah. General Wanderer is a little better, because yeah. I think the minus four is very good. But... Anyway, we were going fast. Fair. The Filigree Silex. Uh, two mana for an artifact. Legendary artifact. Tap. Put an oil counter on it. Tap. Sacrifice the Filigree Silex. Destroy each non-land permanent with mana value equal to the number of oil counters on it. Tap. Remove 10 oil counters from among permanents you control and sacrifice the Filigree Silex. It deals 10 damage to any target. This is... Basically... Well, this is... Quote unquote, strictly better Wretched Bomb, except it's legendary. So, upside, downside, very niche, but it is a smash because Wretched Bomb is already a decent card. Yeah. Smash probably will never use the last ability, but. It smash. could come up, I guess. Um, then we have the Monumental Facade. Uh, a land sphere enters the battlefield with two oil counters on it. Tap, add a colorless. Tap, remove an oil counter from it. Put an oil counter on target artifact or creature you control. Activate only as a sorcery. Uh, smash in an oil counter's deck. This is a cool way to, like, do cute shit. I don't think it's very good. Pass. I don't like the sphere things. Fair. Uh, speaking of spheres, the Mycosynth Gardens. Land sphere. Tap. Add a colorless. One tap. Add one mana of any color. So a filter land. X. Tap. The Microsynth Gardens becomes a copy of target non-token artifact you control with mana value X. Uh, a lot of words for not that much, I think. Pass. I guess you can get the Chain Veil again in mono green. Uh, cautiously smash, because I'm afraid that this somehow ends up in the fucking mono Fair. green decks. Uh, the Seed Core land sphere. Add, tap for a colorless. Uh, tap, add a colorless. Tap, add one mana of any color. Spend this only to cast Phyrexian creature spells. Corrupted, tap, target one one creature, gets plus two plus one until end of turn. Activate only if an opponent has three or more poison counters on it. Uh, Phyrexian tribal is not going to work unless we get a lot in the next few sets. Pass. Yeah, pass. I can't even understand what's going on in the art. No idea. Uh, Tivar, Jubilant Brawler, one black green, legendary planeswalker Tivar. Uh, static, you may uh, three starting loyalty. Static, you may activate abilities of creatures you control as though they had haste. Plus one, untap up to one target creature. Minus two, mill three cards. Then you may return a creature card from mana value two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Absolute smash! This card is awesome in elves. I don't know if it actually makes the cut, but it is like conceptually so cool. Mana dorks get haste. You can bring back your uh, what's a two mana war leader thing. Smash. 
I'm testing this for sure. Uh, Smash purely because the <laughs> art looks like the Pepe frog throwing a punch. <laughs> Urubrask's Forge. Two and a red. Artifact. At the beginning of combat on your turn, put an oil counter on Urubrask's Forge. Then create an X1 Red Phyrexian Horror token with Trample and Haste, where X is the number of oil counters on Urubrask's Forge. Sacrifice a token at the beginning of your next end step. Pass, I don't have 75 turns to win a game of magic. Pass. I don't like these type of effects anyway. They're usually underwhelming and okay for limited, but not good for constructed. Venerated Rot Priest, one green for a Phyrexian Smash. Druid. Smash, 10 to 10. <laughs> Toxic one, whenever, uh, it's a one two. Toxic one, whenever a creature you control becomes the target of a spell, target opponent gets a poison counter. Smash, smash, someone's gonna break this. Done. Yeah, I'm afraid of this card. Yeah, smash. I'm not more than mild concern. Um, Venser, Corpse Puppet. Pass for obvious reasons before we get started. Um, bl <laughs> <laughs> a blue and a black for a 1 3. Uh, legendary creature, Phyrexian Zombie Wizard. Lifelink and Toxic 1. Whenever you proliferate, pro proliferate, choose one. If you don't control a creature named the Hollow Sentinel, Create the Hollow Sentinel, a legendary 3-3 colorless Phyrexian Golem artifact creature token. They went fucking ham on creature types this set. Target artifact creature they you did. control gains flying and lifelink until end of turn. Uh, Pass? Pass. Hesitant pass. But is it? Seems like a card that doesn't have a place in any yeah. deck. No reason to build around it. I'm confused by it. And it's not that good on rate anyway. Pass. The only reason I thought about it is because I had my Rowan deck in mind. And in that, I was thinking, do I go Grixis? And is this a way to get my opponent a poison counter? And then I can win through proliferating that poison counter. The only thing, the only time I considered this card. That would be would funny. Be funny. Um, Vindictive Flamestoker. Uh, one red for a 1-2. Phyrexian Wizard. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, put an oil counter on it. Sa uh, six and a red sacrifice vindictive flamestoker discard your hand then draw four cards this ability costs one less to activate for smash. each roll counter on vindictive flamestoker smash sick for wizard tribal smash fucking wizard wizard prowess yeah, wizard Fuck. prowess Holy let's shit. go yeah smash Do this is really i never saw this card this is card doesn't even great. have to tap so no need to hold it back just start swinging this is gonna make the top 10 smash uh, Vran, Executioner Thane. One in the black for a legendary creature, Phyrexian Vampire. He's a 2-2. Whenever one or more creatures you control die, each opponent loses two life and you gain two life. Disability triggers only once each turn. Pass. Pass. I'm very sad. This this could have been a cool vampire for Vampire Tribal and Pioneer, but it's once per if, turn. Pass. If this triggered as many times as you want to per turn, this card would have been insane. Um... White Sun's yeah, Twilight. Good. Uh but not in vampires. It would have been crazy in a sacrifice deck. Uh White Sun's Twilight. Which I also play. <laughs> Fair. Uh X White White. Sorcery. You gain X life. Create X one one colorless Phyrexian Might artifact creature tokens with toxic one, and this creature can block. If X is five or more, destroy all other creatures. Bass. Smash. I want to play with the white fucking monument guy. Smash. Zenith Chronicler. Two for a two mana for a three one artifact creature for Xing construct. 
Whenever a player a player casts their multicolored spell their first multicolored spell each turn, each other player draws a card. This is the most commander card that has ever commandered. Why is it in this in the set? And is it a rare? Fuck off. Pass. I'm gonna open this in my pre release. Negative twelve hundred <laughs> pass. So all the rares and mythics so far have been covered. Um I don't know. There's maybe one or two uncommons or something we might want to touch on real quick. To give a bit of closing yeah, thoughts. Um, I'm just going to kind of scroll through and yep, stop whenever so, I bump uh, into something. I have one. You go ahead. I think I know which one. C- Cacophony Scamp. One red for a 1-1 Phyrexian Goblin Warrior. Whenever Cacophony Scamp deals combat damage to a player, you may sacrifice it. If you do, proliferate. When Cacophony Scamp dies, it deals damage equal to its power to any target. This is a potential kind of, you know, Rainbow Dreamland turn to kill in Pioneer with Hammer. But you know what? God damn it. It's a warrior. We have Resolute Strike, and it's another one drop in the kind of deck that wants it. Smash. Yeah. Really cool. Smash. Uh, this is a buff to that deck, for sure. Uh, again, sets up for turn two. Kills. Um... Even if you have the other goblin from Zendikar uh, with Hammer and Resolute Strike or Sigarda's 8. So you have now 8 goblins that basically give you the turn to win. Because even the other one, if they kill it, they die. So it's kind of a turn to win unless they can exile it. Uh, So you have 8 of those goblins now. 4 hammers, obviously. And 8 ways through Sigarda's 8 and Resolute Strike to cheat it onto a warrior on turn 2, which both of these cards are. That's pretty... That's getting consistent. And 8 ways to search for the hammer, albeit it's 2 mana and get you it a turn later than you want, but you have it. So also 8 ways to search the hammer. Um, Sick. Cool. Um... I want to quickly point out Blade and Ambassador, one on a white for a 3-1 Phyrexian Soldier. When it enters, it enters the battlefield with an oil counter, one, remove an oil counter from it, it gains indestructible until end of turn. Just want to point out that this set has a bunch of soldiers in it, and we've had some soldier synergy before. At this point, soldier decks are basically synonymous with human decks. That might change, because the Phyrexians have soldiers. So, a thing to keep in mind. Um, cool. Another one, I think. Uh, Gleeful Demolition. I think it's pretty cool. One red for sorcery. Destroy target artifact. If you controlled it, create three 1-1 one, one red Phyrexian Goblin tokens. Always cool if you're in a strategy like this to have... This actually gives you some artifact interaction. I can see a world where you play the Epicure of Blood on turn one and then blow up your own blood on turn two. And then do something else with the rest yeah. of your mana. One that I think is cool is Jawbone Duelist. It's a two-mana 1-1 one, one Phyrexian Soldier with Double Strike and Toxic 1. I don't think this goes in Soldiers. I think this goes in something that can easily get a kill in one turn, like something maybe like Feather or like that kind of deck, or even maybe uh, Hammer Time. Absolutely. Yes, it's a Soldier, not a Warrior, but still. Uh, see, I knew there was going to be at least one more card, but... Uh, oh, this one's cool too. Vat of Rebirth. One black for an artifact. Whenever another artifact or creature you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, put an oil counter on it. 
Two black tap. Don't sack it. You don't have to. Remove four oil counters from Vat of Rebirth. Return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Activate only as a sorcery. Um, this is just a good way to get a lot of oil counters on your field if you want to be doing something with that. So I think it's pretty easy. You've got some yeah. some value here baked in. So if you can do if you can move these oil counters around somehow, this is a great place to like gather them up and potentially distribute them to other things if you can. Um, I have no other comments. Then um, lands are sick. Experimental augury. This one I already mentioned. One on the blue, instant. Look at the top three cards of your library. Put one of them into your hand. The rest on the bottom of your library in any order. Proliferate. This just means the better with that contingent plan. We now have eight two-mana blue draw spells that just say some form of replace the card, proliferate. You can do shenanigans with that. So always nice to have more of that effect yeah. so you can make a strategy like that work. Um, shout out to Phyrexian Atlas for the fucking art. Holy shit. This, card is, this card's regular art is so cool. Like, Phyrexia as a world, like, exists really cool. of layers. And this is, like, a sort of cut-through of the world so you can see the layers. Really awesome. I think the whole lore behind it is that Phyrexian sort of, like, came to someone in a nightmare or something, and they saw these layers. So it's really cool to see that on a card. Um, have you seen the basics, Brad? How they've, like, formatted them. Yeah, they're sick. Yeah, but they also look different. Like, they have, like, like the forests, you see? And then at the bottom, it has, like, the forest icon next to basic land forest. So, huh. That's kind of different. I kind of like it. It's very clear. It does make it more readable. Though, I will say these specific lands, these, these forests, both the actual full arts and the four like uh phyrexian design like sigil uh are both very clear to be able to tell what respective colors they are it's not like the swamp that was in uh kamigawa that people think is a for uh, a uh, mountain because yeah. of the red fucking but that's lighting. why they don't have it on a phyrexian version but on the regular version i like this there's that really old reddit post of like someone going completely ham about how the design of islands is like nuts in magic where there's like there are literally cards that by definition would be the opposite of an island but they are island cards so this helps right it's because they're they blue. Can go a bit buck wild on the art and at least people could still tell what the card is so pretty cool uh yeah. i don't care about the 17 million alternate arts i think there are like eight different elish lords <laughs> seven yeah. like Okay. I mean, they they look kind of cool. I think the coolest one is Vron Executioner Thane. It's on the far right, like fourth row in. Oh, he's pretty cool. Reminds me of the Demonic Tutor from um, Strixhaven, the alt art. Yeah. And then if you get the Phyrexian version of card, that's cool. But if you scroll down here, they we start seeing some cards cool. that we didn't see in this list. So I don't know what is spoiled, what is leaked, uh, because some of these alternate arts were leaked. So I think we have covered every card that we could. 
up until this point, basically. There's a few that didn't show up. Oh, there's actually... There's a bunch that I think were actually spoiled. But for some reason, they're not in that list yet. Uh, there's a, basically a cycle of these spheres that are just in the colors. Um, so, like, uh, the red sphere is just a red land. It taps for red, but it enters tap. You can pay one red, tap it, sack it. That's the whole cycle. Their comments makes the spheres work unlimited, I guess. Uh, there's Sunbreaker of Silence. Typical troll. Can be countered. Hexproof. Go fuck yourself. Uh, control player. Ooh, the Inkified Phyrexian full art lands are fucking sick. Are they like completely black? Uh, yeah, but the set, the, the, the mana symbol in the middle is, is like the color of the respective. That's a big thing. improvement over. Like the forest is green. But there's one card, and after that, it is three in the morning. Oil so I would like to have some sleep. Um, yes. is the Black Dominus. That is, this is Drivnot, Carnage Dominus, five mana in total, three black black, for an 8-3. If a creature dying causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. Pretty decent. Already. But the kicker, it's uh, legendary, it's indestructible counter thing, is... Two Phyrexian black, no other mana, so you can do this for paying for life. XL three creature cards from your graveyard. Put an indestructible counter on it. Really easy to meet, right? Three creatures in your graveyard is really easy for a black deck by the time you get to turn five. So you could play this and have an 8-3 yep. indestructible. That is a really fast clock with a pretty good ability on it. Um, and if your opponent tries to remove it in response to you putting the thing on, there's no timing restriction. If you have three creatures in your graveyard, you just do it again. So, this card is pretty strong. Guess where I'm going to play it. Sack. Oh, yeah. and one card that kills it in the uncommons that we didn't go over, and then, you know, I have to stop myself from talking about magic cards before I pass out. Shieldred's Edict is potentially the best Edict we've ever gotten. One of the black, instant, choose one. Each opponent sacrifices a non-token creature, or each opponent sacrifices a creature token, or each opponent sacrifices a Planeswalker. It's a very good Edict, interacts with Planeswalkers, a thing people often don't have more than one of, unless they're playing monogreen. So a two-mana way to interact yeah. with planeswalkers other than eliminate which was cmc restricted we didn't really have that now we do and the fact that your opponent can no longer mess you up with tokens is good but i like the idea that we still had the token option in case your opponent only has a token that means there's not a removal spell in your hand that can't actually kill something so really really good edict i still don't think it's good enough that it would replace a lot of two mana removal like a heartless act those kinds of cards because your opponent will just have shit lying around but for an edict this is very good agreed and the flavor text is awesome all right it just says congratulations i am entertained <laughs> that's fitting well i hope everyone listening was entertained 
through this fucking massive drop of all these spoilers that we missed. We will go over more, whether it's next week. If Actually, next week's our probably our top 10. We'll go over them again. Top 10. We'll be able to sit with them, digest them a bit better. If any of our rankings that we gave off the cuff tonight change and they end up on our fucking top 10 for some reason next week, don't roast us. We didn't really think about it too hard. Or tonight. roast us. I don't Very, care. <laughs> Come at I me. Guess. At That's me on true. Twitter. <laughs> but with that, we love you. We appreciate you. We always uh, appreciate the support. You guys mean the world to us. Thank you for being patient while we've taken the last few weeks off to try and get regain our bearings and all that. And we hope you listen to us again next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everyone.